You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for our very first Australian Survivor All Stars recap episode. Yes, that's right. We haven't forgotten about Australian Survivor. You thought we had, but we hadn't. We're here nine episodes in, and we're doing our first recap. We said it might be a bit sporadic throughout the season, and we're kind of clearly proving our point. We have a very very interesting episode for you today. We have a bit of a first boot super episode where we have three first boots from the Channel 10 version of Australian Survivor joining us to talk about the first nine episodes. We have Cho- uh, Joan, excuse me, Joan Cavallero, Des Quilty and Matt Dyson from seasons three, four and five respectively, or of course seasons one, two and three, depending on how you like to rank the seasons. And I'm just going to say this right now. You're in for a treat because things start off fairly okay and we end up at a place in this interview slash episode where I don't even know how to comment on it (laughs) it's it's strange we recorded this a couple of nights ago and the extent of editing needed to make this airable has been quite significant hence why there has been a bit of a delay in getting this to you rather than putting out to you immediately and there's some funny stuff, there's some odd stuff, there's some weird connection issues here. You're going to hear Des sounding like he's on one line, then on another line, then another line. A lot's going on. I, I, I say it in this episode, you'll hear me say it towards the end, but in all my years of doing radio and podcasting, I don't know if I've ever done an episode quite as wacky, bizarre, funny, weird, and just strange as this episode. I don't know if I'm overselling it. You're about to find out for yourselves. Here is our Australian Survivor All-Stars episodes 1 to 9 recap featuring Joan Caballero, Des Quilty and Matt Dyson. We are thrilled to be here for Australian Survivor All-Stars and finally bring you a recap episode. We brought you our preview episode a couple of weeks ago and we've had a few people asking us, where on earth are these recap episodes? We're basically a third of the way through the season. Well, we thought we would save a nice big giant episode to get you excited for it and not be like all these other podcasts who recap every single episode. We wanted to make sure that we had enough episodes to digest that we can talk about plenty of things with three former contestants who know what it's like to play the game for only a couple of days because that's how we roll on the Oz Network. We get people who have only played for a couple of days. It's the first boot super episode, I want to call this, because we have three first boots on the line from the Channel 10 version of Australian Survivor. I'm going to start with the man who you know the most as one of the co-hosts of the great podcast, Australian Survivor Archives. He was from Australian Survivor Season 5 slash Season 3. I'm saying Season 5 because I'm going to piss one of these other guys off on this podcast more. It is Mr. Matt Dyson. Matt, welcome back to (laughs) the Oz Network. It's an absolute pleasure, Ben. I mean, a super first boot episode. Who would have ever thought? And to be a part of it, it makes you want to be a first boot. It does. You're proud. This is the first time you've ever been able to say, I'm glad I'm a first boot, isn't it? Right now, at this very point. It... It's the most prestigious club other than the Winners Club in Survivor. So um, I can't wait to uh, sit here tonight and um, talk with the fellow First Boots about um, All-Stars. Well, this is the First Boot All-Stars episode. And also on the line, coming to us 
from the fourth season of Australian Survivor, the second season of Australian Survivor from the Channel 10 version. We had her on the show a couple of years ago in the form of an exit interview. We haven't had her back on since, and I feel terrible because we should have, and I'm glad that we've got her on for this episode. It is one, the only, Miss Joan Caballero. Joan, welcome back to the Oz Network. Ah, oh, thanks, guys. With my round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here, and um, yeah, let's let's get started. Oh wait, no, you've got to introduce someone else. Yeah, there's somebody else we need to <laughs> so, introduce. Um, <laughs> he's uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, been on this show a couple of times. I don't know if I've actually spoken to this man since we shared a couple of beers together at South Bank a couple of years back. He is the first boot from season three of Australian Survivor. Mr. Des Quilty. Des, welcome back to the Oz Network. No, no, season three beat was Matt, mate. I'm, I'm season one boot. <laughs> but, but anyway, you keep flogging that dead camel. I will. No, trust me, I will. Uh, I, I, I flogged I'm, the correct camel, Des. It's I know job. you will. And... And and I'm I'm pleased to be here, and I'm I'm actually pleased to be here with the second best first. But well done, Joan. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, and and I'm so disappointed that we couldn't have a little tiny dancer here tonight, uh, Anastasia, because uh, she would be the third best boot. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, pleased to talk to you. And always good to catch up about Survivor. It's uh, always been uh, something very close to my heart, as I know it is for lots of other people, including the people here tonight. So uh, thanks for having me on, Ben. And uh, if you call my season, season three, one more time, I'm fucking hanging up. All righty. Well, <laughs> we know how to get rid of him then. If he uh, gets in our nerves tonight, uh, guys, we'll, we'll but, remember but just, that. Yeah, remember that threat. You want me gone? That's it. We'll test it. We'll test it. Matt, Matt I'm sure, you know, you, you've been used to talking about uh, some of the uh, original seasons of Australian Survivor right now, so I think this is also going to be a bit of a test for you then right now, isn't it? Oh, look, you know I'm always the uh, referee between you two, but it doesn't matter which way you look at it. I'm old school. I go back from the original you know, other contestants are new school. They go from the Channel 10. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we've got a, a great season to talk about. 2020, and what a season has been so far. So much to talk about. Well, indeed. We've got nine episodes to cover, just a few. But, um, yeah, All-Stars is has been off to a cracking start. And it, it's kind of interesting to think. We've had nine episodes, three weeks' worth of um, Australian Survivor All-Stars. And I guess let's let's open up the floor and get some general thoughts on, on what you've been thinking of this season. I'll start with you, Joan. What's kind of been your, uh, your vibe and your, your take so far on the first nine episodes of this season? Oh, wow. Where do I start? I've, I've actually loved this whole season. I've been, I've watched every episode and I just, there's something about the golden God. Like I know, I don't know if everyone else is on the same boat as me, but he just really makes the show. He knows what to say. He knows the angles. He knows the players and he knows how to pull those faces just like any model would. Like, I just think he's incredible. Um, You know, and he really does just make it really fun and and you know the, the boys as well like you've got Lockie and um 
Johnny and um, Lee, you know, they just have their this little club that I feel was really fun to watch in this whole, yeah, this first couple of episodes. Um, but, yeah, with, you know, also the girls as well. Like, I have really enjoyed seeing um, – I did see – I loved enjoy seeing Daisy, um, you know, even though it was only for a little bit. Um, but, you know, even, even Brooke and um, – yeah, Brooke and Flick. I love seeing them again. So no, it's been it's been really entertaining. I just have to quickly ask you: Have we actually seen Flick though? Because I, I seriously think we need to send a search party to Fiji. Because uh, where is Flick? What's happened to poor old Flick? She hasn't had a single confessional nine episodes in. Poor Flick. <laughs> yeah, and I think just in the last episode as well. I know we're cutting it a bit, moving a bit forward. She there was a little bit of the. Um, the reward challenge, the food challenge, where they cut out a few of her scenes, I think. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's happening to her. It's It, it feels like Shawnee all over again. So, not sure why they're not editing, editing her in. We'll talk about that, no. My first thing about All-Stars was uh, I was so excited when I heard the rumours going around. I, uh, I text some people. I went, hmm, I'm hearing some murmurs. I got texts from people that I hadn't talked to for a while going, there's what's happening. Uh, and I figured, oh, there's all-stars coming. And uh, I I cried in my pillow a few nights because I knew I'd have no call. <laughs> but, but Joan, did, did you I... cry on your pillow too? Oh, no, I did not cry, Des. I am a lady. <laughs> no, I um, No, I I don't know if I'm ready to go back. Like maybe on a, on a future season, I just I still have trauma from my time on the island. It wasn't it was rough. It was really, really rough. So no, I didn't cry. I, 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 I'm, I'm proud of the people who made it on and who's making the show and they, they just went out, guns blazing, made the show as best as it can, um, which is great for Survivor fans because the better the show and the better the entertaining storylines, um, the more seasons we're going to get. So um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of everyone that's gotten on. So I, I and yeah, I... I wish more people, like, I wish they had chosen some people over some that are there, but, you know, not a producer, so. Joan, I'm glad you mentioned before about the Golden God because I was a big fan of him in his last season and Ben didn't quite warm to him, but I've got inside information. (laughs) Ben actually messaged me during during the week to say he's finally come around and he's loving the Golden God, David. How good is this bloke? He... I'm up. I'm going to go and say that right now he's he's overtaken Luke Toki as far as as far as how good he is to watch. Oh, oh yeah. I Luke is really oh, great. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look, Luke is really great because what you see is what you get. You know, you know that he's deep down a family man, but he is such a jokester. Like he will muck around till the sun goes down and till the cows come home. Like it is. It really is like what you see on TV with Luke is is really how he's like in real life. Um, with David, I've never met him myself. I feel like because he's worked in the industry, you know, not so much TV, but you know, with photos and be, with his career as a supermodel, he knows what the people want. He knows the angles. He knows what to say. He knows how to present himself. So, 
And and that's why I just think, is he like this in real life or is he playing to the cameras? And I think the producers know, okay, this is someone we can manipulate. This is someone who we know can intertwine in the storylines that we want to we want to show. So whether that's how he is in real life or whether he's just playing a character, I'm not sure, but I am loving it. I, I mean, I, I'm very intrigued to, to hear more about this topic because I think it's, it's a very interesting point that you raise there, Matt. And... I mean, Des, you had a bit of a reaction there, but uh, I think of the magic of podcasting, we've managed to make your voice sound even different now all of a sudden here with some technical little wizardry here. This is what you get, Des, for making a threat to Ben Waterworth on the Oz Network that you're going to hang up when I correctly um, name your season. So I make you sound like a bit more uh, different on this episode. I mean, it's definitely great to kind of see all these characters come back and play... You know, the golden goal we've talked about him and kind of just see everybody come together. And I think what's going to be interesting in this episode, this sort of recap that we're doing here tonight, is there's so much to cover in nine episodes, but we're obviously not going to go over over every little thing. We're just going to kind of cover the bases, go over some of the people who have gone, look ahead at who's in the game and everything along those lines. And clearly the discussion's already on the golden god. Matt, you mentioned that you heard a little whisper about me coming around uh, on him and yes, it's true. I am enjoying Mr. Golden God thoroughly this season uh, after not being exactly a huge fan of his last season. Uh, it's, it's sort of an interesting turnaround. But I, I'd, be, I'd love to hear from each of you some, some other players that you've been enjoying so far this season. They, they don't necessarily have to still be in the game. They can be players that have left us, that have been voted out. I might start with you, Des, for this one. Who, who are some of the, the players that you're really enjoying seeing play for a second time around here? Um, well, I was hoping that I'd be on, but <laughs> anyway, um, no, the, what, um, the players that I was really looking forward to see if they could further their reputations, which I think the players that have been asked back are all keen to make sure that their reputations are enhanced. So because I'm from season one, I can talk about season one players and James two and Dyson is three, Ben you'll have to represent season four I think but um, in season one I thought Lee was really hard done by um, I didn't like how he was shown to be like someone who was just dragged to the end, I thought Lee had a really good um, strategy uh, Maybe not consciously, but had a good strategy to get the end. So I was very keen to see how Lee played in the All-Star series. Uh, a little birdie whispered to me that uh, a certain Lee Castledine was making bucket loads of pre-game alliances. Um, uh, that could be wrong. Uh, that's only rumours. But, yeah, I was really looking forward to how Lee would change it up going in. Um, I suppose the other person I was, uh, like, I always thought Phoebe was, like, the queen. Um, I'm not sure whether she's changed her game this time. I think her strategy in the first game was excellent, uh, which is why she had uh, so many fans. I'm not sure she's changed that strategy, but um, perhaps she has. 
Brook, I think, has not changed their strategy at all. He uh, went in that first season, uh, hooked on to Sam, insured herself in the numbers, got herself to the merge. I think she's doing exactly the same strategy this time, uh, hooking on to Lockie, who uh, will be a dump and run when she's ready. Uh, Flick, I think, is the same, hooked on to the numbers and just in the last sort of end of it has realised she's got a burn brook. Um, yeah, so from the season one players, I uh, I was surprised Matt Tar- Tarrant wasn't on there. I thought he might have got a Guernsey. But the most the person I was most disappointed didn't get on this season was uh, Craig. Yes. Uh, but anyway, I've gone off, I've gone off track. Probably from your season, I'm I'm surprised that JL didn't come back from your season, Jenna Louise. I thought she well, played a brilliant game. Even when her back was up against the wall, she fought and fought and won individual immunity challenges and tried to just strategize where she could, tried to find those cracks. And I think she's a really, really strong game player. So I'm surprised they didn't call back JL. Uh, Jane. Um, yes. And I don't, I don't know firsthand, but I understand she was on the top of the leaderboard to come back and mm-hmm. her own personal obligations didn't allow that. Ah, so, okay. Okay. Of the people from and I think a lot of people would have loved to seen JL come back. I definitely yeah. would have. Yeah. Um, her own personal circumstances didn't allow it. So I, okay. I think the fans that are going, why isn't JL there? Um, I'm, and I'm only speaking third hand because I'm not in the box seat of any decisions. But, yeah. but I understand it was just uh, not a possibility for her. I mean, it's a bit like Sarah from your season, um, yeah. Jane. I, yeah, I I'm think she had sure some personal obligations as well. Her to come back, but I, I just, you know, there are people who didn't come back because uh, their own circumstances didn't suit. Yeah, and, and I think, and I think, you know, both of those ladies who I think would have absolutely killed it uh, didn't get a Guernsey, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not in with Channel Ten or whatever. Who were you? Um, who were you most disappointed didn't come back from your season day? Oh, I really would have loved to have seen Ziggy. Um, I think she's an exceptional player um, and really knows, you know, her social skills. And she's an Olympian, a two-time Olympian. So she's got that social skill. She's got that physical strength behind her. You know, she she's switched on. Um, you know, as much as I love Lee from your season, seeing him vote Michelle on the first episode, I thought it's it's Lee all over again, you know, not really knowing what's happening with the votes. Um, but Ziggy was always, always, until it was her vote, um, you know, she knew which side to to vote with. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised that Ziggy didn't, um, yeah, get asked to come back. I was well. I, I don't know whether she got asked or whatever, but I can she didn't. Tell you, I was she didn't even get a phone call. That no, not a phone call. call. Yeah, I was. I was like, as a, like I understand. Poor old Channel Ten. They're in the bucket of trying to go. Well, 
who was good for ratings and who was a great yeah. player. Yeah. And who was like, you know, the Greek goddess of their season like me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you and me, Jane, like, with, I, I was like. It's coming, Des. It's coming, Des. The first out season's coming soon. We've just got to wait um, until they get to season 30, I think, <laughs> or season 24. And there'll be an all all first out boot season. No, no, that that isn't going to happen. Don't give Matt Tyson hope. There's going to be a geriatric. <laughs> We're going to get Sue and me uh, and Tarzan, and I'd like to kick his ass. I can tell you because I think he took my place. But anyway, um, yeah, like. When we get to season 40 of Australia, it isn't going to be winners at war. It's going to be geriatrics in their wheelchairs. <laughs> and, uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I, I will have a motorised wheelchair anyway. Just With, with, with floating yeah. wheels by that point. Um, with floating wheels, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, what's your, your take, I guess, um, two-parter for you, seems as Des ignored you, I think, there. I know we sort of talked about it in our preview episode about players maybe from your season you're a bit disappointed, but also who are some of the players that you've enjoyed watching this time around? Yeah, well, that's that's been the fun part for me is is who who is actually – who, who have I enjoyed watching the second time around? So um, I've definitely enjoyed Tarzan. I have to admit um, this time around I've actually in, enjoyed – uh, enjoyed watching him play. I think there was always that question mark of what he was doing on All Stars, seeing he only lasted eleven days in his uh, original season. But um, I think he's um, offered some good entertainment so far. He showed in that that last episode with the challenge that uh, he can last a long time despite his age in oh, physical challenges. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think challenge. Yeah, and I think yeah. I just think that, that in the end, I think they made the right call. I think there was question marks about what he was doing on this, on All Stars to begin with, but I think he's already he's already paid him off by saying, "Yep, yeah, I deserve to be there." And it was a good casting. Um, I I actually liked Henry as well. I've got to admit, I I enjoyed Henry's game more this time than I did the first time. And I know, look, I know he made probably some big moves that weren't required, and that's probably got got him out. Um, got him out fifth after day on day twelve, but but I have to admit, I, I those twelve days he was there, I enjoyed watching those twelve days rather than the forty days he lasted on his season. I just keep thinking, had he been given the chance, if, if he didn't fake that, you know, finding a whole idol thing at a at tribal, I feel like Shawnee wouldn't have played her idol, and then Shawnee would have gone, and then he would have been able to go to merge. And it would have been a completely different game coming from Henry if he was able to tee up with Golden God or, you know, whoever else. Like, you just never know where, with these, you know, with these tribe swaps. But, yeah, I feel like it was stolen from him. And Henry, I would have loved to have seen Henry, um, yeah, play play more. Yes, I'm purposely quiet <laughs> because uh, I, thought, I thought Henry's game was a bit like the sink plunger in me block bloody toilet. <laughs> He just oh. like he had no idea. Henry could have, in my opinion, Henry could have run that game, but he just got that toilet plunger in his hand. He just wanted to unblock all the shit in the pipe and just went too hard. 
I I think I'm going to remain quiet on the topic I'll, of Henry I'll, here. I'll, I'm just going to uh, just <laughs> remain uh, <laughs> silent on that. Joan, I'd love to know, though, like, uh, same question to you, though, about players that you've enjoyed seeing this time around, at least on All Stars. Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm going to go with uh, Michelle. I loved, I loved seeing her, even though she was, um, what was she, fourth? Yeah, Daisy was third. She was fourth out, but... Every time she spoke, she just knew what was happening. And the episode that she got voted out, the way that she was able to turn people's minds, you know, you have to try and think. Everyone goes into tribal, well, most of the time, already knowing who they're going to vote. You know, they, they're swayed already one way um, until they get to tribal and then, you know, the floodgates open. And Michelle was so strong in her analogies saying, yeah, in um, – you know, in an NRL football team, you're not going to have all forwards. You're going to have the wingers. You're going to have – and to be able to to appeal to players like Abby who wanted to vote her out and to all the strong – I'm doing quotation marks with my fingers right now – the strong physical players, for her to be able to say there is more to the game than just physical strength. I'm great at balance. I'm great at agility. I'm flexible. I can run all day long. You know, she put up a hell of a fight and I I wanted to see more of Michelle. And every time she does a single interview, she has these like pointy wiggles fingers that she does. I just think it's so cute. Like, I don't know if you guys notice, but every time she's, you know, one-on-one on camera doing um, confessional, she'll do these things with her fingers. It's so funny. Um, but, yeah, I really loved watching Michelle. I wish she had more of a chance. But from the people that are still currently there, um, I really am enjoying Shani. Like, just her, she is dangerous because she, she, you can't read her, you know. You can't read her face. You don't know when she's hurting. Like, that challenge last night when she had her legs up and she was up against Who was she with? Was it Lydia? No, not Lydia. Uh, Brooke. Brooke. Shani and Brooke. Um they had their feet up on this disc and she was like, you know, I can, I'm, I'm, I can do this all day. I, I do Pilates. Like she's just so dangerous that nothing, it doesn't look like anything phases her. And she found the idol and she, you know, was like talking to um, Nick and Nick was like, Oh, I, uh, I can't, I, I wonder who's found the idol. No one's found it yet. She's like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, just kidding. It was me. I'm like, you are brilliant like I love watching Shani so I I hope we get to see more of her um and 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 I'm glad that we're giving her more screen time Matt Shani's an interesting one you obviously are on a tribe with with Shani for a couple of days just on what Joan was saying there I mean was that something that you found in having any discussions with Shani that she's kind of she's difficult to read it's it's a bit hard for me to comment because it, I, the two days I was there, she she barely said a word. Um, it was only to she was basically only talking to Anita um, and Fenella and just keeping real quiet. Obviously, she would have had some other chats with some of the others, but but she really only spoke when necessary those first couple of days. But I think that's her social game. She, you know, early on she knows she's going to be a target because she's not perceived perceived as a physical threat. Even though, look at that challenge she did, what Joan just said, was talking about with her and Brooke. You look back on on, on our season and she dominated a, a similar challenge like that. And I think um, she uh, she also won an, an individual immunity challenge. So she is actually good at some of the physical challenges, but she just doesn't look fit. You know, when you, when you got her standing next to an Abby or a Lydia, um, yeah. totally different body shape, totally different background. Um, yeah. So 
but Shawnee's, we all know, Shawnee's game is um, a social game. And I think Joan nailed it on the head. It's the facial expressions. You, that's what makes someone dangerous. If you can't work, if you can't look at someone and work yeah. out what sort of emotion they are at that point, that they're yeah. one of the most dangerous people walking around that island. And the sooner they realize that, the sooner, you know, she needs to go. Otherwise, she will go to the end and win this game. Yeah. Yeah, so even when she was, you know, like uh, everyone was uh, against her, she still and she still had a smile on her face. And they all wrote her name down and they said, you're going to exile. She's like, okay. And she just <laughs> picks herself up and off she goes. She's just, yeah, super dangerous. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope we see more of her. Des, I'd love to hear your take on Shawnee. What, what do you think of Shawnee? Um. I think uh, Shawnee is portrayed as a, you know, quite ditzy sort of person, but uh, clearly she has got physical strength um, that others completely underestimate. Um, as you know, Matt and Jane have said before, but uh, her key ability is just to like fit in with the group. If, if I'd had a Shawnee on uh, on the tribe that I was in, she probably would have cut me first, but I would have loved to work <laughs> with Shawnee. I, I think Shawnee is, um, she's like the complete, like people think she's not strategic, that she's not physical. Uh, people think that she's quite just social, but that is completely the wrong take in, in my mind. So I can see Shawnee going a long way in this game, and I hope she does. It's it is very fascinating that the target painted on her for for however long was all down to the fact that she's letting us down in challenges, and you know she's a, she's a liability. And yet, as you know, Joan and Matt, you were just talking about there clearly in the, in the challenge in in the the most recent episode. I mean, her and Brooke just were, were fantastic in that challenge, and. I wonder if a lot of that was just Sean having a point to prove, like you know. And but even as you said, as you said, you said Matt, of course, she she won the individual immunity in your season and kind of still didn't exactly show that she was terrible in challenges. So maybe that's just Abby trying to you know use the opposite of a meat just shield essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I really think that's how it was. You know, Abby's Abby's game is always, and she played like this last season. She's always about the strength, the strength in our numbers and the strength in our team and physical and challenges and blah, blah, blah. It's There is more to the game than just physical strength. And, you know, Shawnee really encapsulates what a survivor is. So you don't need to have the body of a body, like the body of a, of a bodybuilder or you don't need to have muscles like Zach. You don't need to be an endurance runner like Sam from my season. You know, you just, you need to have a good, social game and um you know be okay be okay in challenges but for her to to be in that position for two hours i tried it my husband and i we sat there on the floor we're like let's do this challenge while we're watching this episode we wow. lasted less than one one minute we lost and we're like let's get a glass of wine this is i did not, I did not sign up to be in pain while watching this show i'm gonna i'm gonna Go and get my wine and cheese. So love man, it, but, incredible. But in all fairness, you also need luck. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Shawnee should have been voted out. She was voted out. Um, Zach ended up, up yeah. going. Zoac Zach ended up going to her 
to Exile Island, and it was the most bizarre, I have to admit, <laughs> most bizarre twist I've ever seen in Survivor yeah. history because at the end of the day, it meant nothing. It was a waste yeah. of an episode, and I've watched a lot of Survivor, every episode, American and Australian, and I have to admit, I walked away. When, when I realised that next episode that it meant nothing, it actually left a sour taste in my mouth. It, it, and, and that's the truth because it was ridiculous. No, no. What meant nothing, what really irritated me was that incredibly hard challenge where they're all just beating each other up and they're like, okay, you're going to win fish and chips. And they get to the re- the reward and like, well, there's the ocean, there's all the fish, and here's some potatoes. Like, are you kidding me? Are the producers trying to kill these plants? I, I laughed so hard at that though. That was actually a great trolling moment so by the producers. Hard. Like, Lockie, Lockie took his pants off to win. Like he, he was just, yeah. I, I don't understand why. Like, if you're gonna do such a big cha- like reward challenge. Reward them. But this Don't is, be like, oh, and you stop fishing. This is, look, again, I'm not here to always be the negative Nelly on any of these shows about Australian Survivor, but th- there is this problem I think the, ver- the Australian version has with things like this. I mean, I laughed at that, I will admit, but it is kind of silly. But, Matt, I'm with you. The That was a ridiculous twist that you kind of have a double vote out Exile Island or whatever it is, and they're basically yeah. back the next day. And then I'm also not a fan of this both tribal, both Tribes going to tribal council, both two people voting out. Oh, actually, no, you're having a fire challenge and one of you will stay in the game. Like, yeah. it's just it's frustrating yeah. to sit through an hour and a half to kind of basically get a, a non result when you've already got 24 episodes in a season. It's it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Des, I'd love to hear your thoughts, mate. Mr. This is season one, two, three, and four. Come on now. you If you're watching the true season one and two, you've got none of this crap. You've got standard survivor, mate. Come on. Oh, trying to wind me up then. Always. Um, <laughs> like, just, just about this this one where um, they, uh, yeah, just let me gather my thoughts. Um, I, the, thing, the thing that annoyed me about this whole um, challenge here was, oh, no, I've slipped it again. Um, Take your time. Take your time. It's all good. So, no, I've, I've been thinking ahead to something else, which I was trying to think about. But anyway. Um, we can so move on. We can go to it. We can move uh, on to another question if you'd prefer. No, no, no. No, no don't, don't move on because um, this whole thing about um, what were you talking about? So we're basically, we were talking about the twists in terms of the fact that you've got sort of a, you know, two people being voted off, sent to Exile Beach, and then they're in the game the next day. You've got the fire building challenge and you have two people voted out, but one of them gets to stay in because of the fire. And we're just kind of saying that they're, they're a bit frustrating, some of these twists. What about Des's thoughts about the first two winners going first? Well, I think anybody who's a Survivor fan would have gone, uh, if we're coming back for a... A, a uh, all-star season targets are going to be on the the winners, and you know, much like in the American seasons where they've gone just get the winners out. Um, I think that happened. Um, so Sean didn't surprise me. Jericho probably did surprise me a little um, because I thought. He may have been able to survive that, but I didn't think Shana would be able to survive that. And, uh, yeah, that was true. It, 
but um, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, I think with Shane Gould, she was always. It was always going to be tough for her, and I know Jericho went second, but I really think it was always going to be tough for Shane, especially early on. It's a pretty physical cast, you know. When when you've got when you've got the likes of you know Abby and Lydia, just some of the the female contestants. Um, Shane was the eldest member of the cast. She's a previous winner. I mean, her back was to the wall straight away. She, she needed to be on a tribe that had won the first four or five immunity challenges and then a tribe swap and just has a bit of luck. Um, you look at it right now, the original green tribe, which is uh, Makuta, they've lost six people already out of nine episodes. They've lost half their tribe. The v- Vakama, the yellow tribe, the original, they've only lost two, which is one was Jericho, which is a previous winner. And of course, Daisy, and she was unlucky because the golden God was, was working, you know, against his own alliance to get her out for revenge. So, I mean, put me on Vakama any day of the week because they've lost two people compared to the original six to Makuta. It's a great way of looking at it, Matt. I, I actually hadn't really thought about it that too much. But, um, yeah, that, that's very interesting to, to see how that plays out. And it is, it's unique, I think, um, that with only two winners, though, of, of the four Channel 10 winners, only two of them coming back, I think had all four returned and you got that 2-2 split on each tribe, Clearly, we would have had a couple stick around for a little bit longer, um, but yeah, it was. It was, you and I talked about this in the preview episode. It, they were clearly the first targets. It's very much like All Stars, the US version, where it was always going to be the case. I did appreciate Shane though, kind of just going out and just not giving two shits, and then delivering maybe the greatest final words ever in Australian Survivor history. Of oh, I don't really care. I'm still half a million dollars richer than everyone. So. <laughs> 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 that was that was brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's sad. It's it's you would have liked to see just the character side of things. I mean, Jericho's great. I love Jericho. I mean, Joan, I'm sure obviously you're a little bit partial to to Jericho, given that he won your season. Yeah, I mean, look, Jerry's Jerry's lovely. Jerry's amazing. But you know, like I yeah, like everyone says, he's already won. So there's no real reason for him to you know come back on and and play more. And I think he played a very similar game to how he played in, in, in our season. So he needed to really step it up. He really needed to, you know, work with, with everyone else and be out there a little bit more. He um, sort of sat back a little bit and was a little more comfortable. And I feel like he needed a Luke, you know, him and Luke really um, bonded. And it's funny because on the first night of our season, it really was, we, we built our shelter and it was pouring down rain and everyone, you know, was trying to sleep that first night and everyone had all, you know, picked their spots and everyone was like huddled together like rotisserie chickens. Um, you know, they would all turn when, you know, they're like, okay, my, this left side is, is numb, let's all turn. And so they would all turn. Jerry, myself and Luke were the only ones not in that shelter because there was no room left. So we were outside of that shelter just trying to keep each other warm, the three of us. And I felt like, you know, that really helped them, you know, try and save me in that first vote out. Um, You know, and in saying that, you know, seeing Jerry, you know, play with Luke throughout the whole season and then Jerry, you know, eventually winning, it was really great to see. But like I said, he brought that same game, that same, I don't know, wholeness. Like you need, you need to be a little bit more raw. It's an all-star season. You need to be a little bit more gritty, a little bit more, 
dirty almost, you know, and he's still Jerry the flight attendant, you know. I don't know. Like he needed to bring a different game, I feel. But whether what I don't, I'm not sure if whether bringing a different game will still secure his fate. Um, he was still a winner, so maybe it didn't matter what he did. He was he was going to go out regardless. Matt, does it bring a sense of um, I don't know what the word is, uh, relief or pride or something to see that the winner of your season is now in the first boot club? <laughs> I've always said, Ben, you, you know this. I've always said there's a fine line between being first boot and, and winning the whole game, and I think this, it, proved, yeah. it, it proves my point. And if anyone wants to debate that, I'm all ears because. You know, spoiler alert, but for anyone that's uh, watching Winners at War at the moment, classic example, you know, Natalie won uh, her her original season. Her twin sister was first boot. Natalie then goes on to um, Winners at War and she's first out. So that means now herself and her twin, identical twin sister, have both been a first boot, but Natalie's also won it as well. We've now got Shane Gould has been a first boot and has won. So I think actually that gives merit. And, and in all jokes aside, survivors always giving these players that have done well a second chance to prove it again. But why? Like, and 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 people can have, think what they want. But what about for people that didn't last very long? Who's to say that they can't go all the way next time? It, it makes for an interesting season. But I, I think it proves my point is you know you can it's a it's a very fine line. Shane Gould won in her season, her original season, and first boot out next time she plays. Well, same with Jerry as well. He's first boot out of, of his tribe. So it's sort of the same. If it's, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to sort of have all first boots on this episode and kind of see like a winner go first boot and then, yeah, win a first boot from their tribe and kind of see how that, that makes you feel. Like, Des, if, if Christy was on this season, for example, would you have wanted to see her go out very early and first because she won your season or would you be rooting for her? How, how do you think you would have been supporting her, watching her had she been on this season? Um, look, I think anybody who wins has, um, you know, is going to be tough up against it coming back in, uh, regardless of how good you were. Um, I was probably more concerned about Christy going back in and handling the journey rather than how far that she would went. Uh, she would have went. I think she probably, she's like, she's quite physical. She's not confrontational. Um I think she probably could have got herself through the first few. Uh, but then, as a previous winner, would have obviously been targeted. So, yeah, I don't think she would have done well. Um, but I, I sort of had the same expectations for, you know, Jericho, Shane and Pia if they went back as well. Yeah. I, I would have thought, had Chris, had all four of them being on, I would have said Christy would have made it the furthest because I would have assumed she might have been the least threatening out of all four of the winners. That that would be my perspective. I don't know if any of you would agree with that. I think um, it would depend who Christy uh, could have got into initial alliances with. If she could have got into some alliances where she felt, you know, comfort, uh, Yes, I agree. She probably could have gone deeper. But if she didn't feel that kind of safeness, I think she could have freaked out. Uh, 
that would be my take. Uh, could be completely wrong, but yeah. What What about you, Jane? How do you think uh, Jericho would have gone if he could have got past like the first three? I still think he would have been one of the first outs. I don't think anyone on that tribe, um, you know, he was on Vakama. Um, I don't think anyone on that tribe would have said, "Yeah, let's give Jerry more of a more of an opportunity, more of a chance." So even if he managed to, you know, get past his first vote, he wouldn't have lasted very long. I can I can understand that. What about you, Matt? What about um, the winner from uh, Shane from you? No, I was, I was always pretty confident that Shane was going to be the first out of her tribe. It was just a matter of, you know, when her, her tribe went to uh, tribal council because I really think, and I've said this before to Ben on a podcast, that if if champions would have gone to tribal first episode instead of instead of um, contenders on my, my season, she would have been first out. Um, I think she played a great game to win. Don't get me wrong. I'm certainly not taking her win away from her. I think she played an awesome game, and, and I think, to, to win against someone like Sean, Sean played a fantastic game, and to beat her, I mean, credit to to Shane, but um, n- not on this season. Uh, the fact that she's a past winner, uh, it's 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 very heavily it's very heavily relied on strength as well. And if Pia and getting back to what Pia and Christy, if they would have been on this season, I think the same thing. Like you look at Michelle. Um, she wasn't seen as that physical threat, and she goes fourth on day nine. I think the same thing. That it, I think with Pia, Christy, once again, not only are they winners, but they're not looked at as physical threats. And a lot of these players are very physical, and they want that early in the game. We're only now seeing through Shawnee trying to get rid of some of those, you know, um, muscular sort of players. So, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you were you were dead contestant walking if you were a previous winner on this season. Matt, I'd love to get your thought then saying that um, had the champions gone to Tribal Council that first night, Shane would have gone home first. So does that then mean that you would have won your season? Uh, absolutely <laughs> agree. Absolutely <laughs> agree. Um, just, just in a sideline, Ben, if I hadn't gone first... And Joan hadn't gone first, and Matt hadn't gone first. We would now be talking to the three winners of season <laughs> one, two, three of Survivor. You, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be talking to me. You, you would be too big for this show. <laughs> no, no, Ben. I, I always have time for the little man, mate. Oh, <laughs> that, means a, that means a lot coming from my favourite season three contestant. <laughs> I was um, taking the best bed. You're, you're, you're not a little man, mate. Oh, I listen to your podcast. I listen to your bloody podcast way before I ever played Survivor. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry that you had to get tortured through all those years. I've said that. Enthusiasm. <laughs> no. I have a lot of respect for your respect for the Survivor game, mate. Regardless of what I say to you to just try and take the piss out of your eight. I, I, I always appreciate if I ever want to get the piss taken out of me, it's it's better coming from you. So that's 
that's why again you know I, I like to make sure that the piss is being taken out of me well it's done by Des Quilty because there's no one else better who can do that and again no one else in season 3 would be able to do that any better <laughs> oh, you just cannot help but stick the knife in I hope Matt Tyson cuts your throat <laughs> <laughs> Ben, you asked me about, you know, this whole question was, oh, would, would we go on to win? And, and that, there's too much luck involved in the game of Survivor. You're never, you're never going to know what if, what could have happened. But I'll say this. You look at last season, Pia Miranda went to the first Tribal Council. Her and Anastasia got votes. Anastasia went home. Pia goes on to win. The first Tribal Council for the contenders, you had Laura and you had Baden both got, gets votes. Laura goes home, Baden goes on to get to the final two with Pia. So it does say a lot. It does say that, and I'll, I'll keep saying it, I will keep saying it, it's a thin line between being first boot and being the winner of, of Survivor, but that's what makes the game so good. You never know who's going to win the game. Another player I want to talk about, Matt Rogers, man, he's gone out. He, You've got to respect this bloke. This guy, he played hard his first season. He's got the title of the Godfather. So if you're, going into an all, if you're going into an all-star season with the title of the Godfather, you've got every target on your back. And and he's probably playing even harder this time. And he's at the moment, he's he's playing a great game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I, uh, I'd love to hear Joan and Dez's thoughts on this too because he, he's definitely one that I know you and I talked about in the preview sort of coming into this with this reputation, how would that go? And he's been thoroughly entertaining to, to watch and just the way he's developed and, and sort of the little moment he had there with the golden God himself and kind of working on this sort of divide and yet having this mini alliance in the middle to kind of work on both sides. Like, it's just, it was great, really great to watch. I've really enjoyed seeing Matt play again. Joan, what's your take on Matt Rogers? I think what makes a really great player is someone who can play from the top and the bottom. So we saw Matt dominate his season, um, but then for him to come into this season, and he has been playing in the minority, when um, who went home that was in his, um, oh, I keep forgetting the name, who went home that was in his alliance, he's got him. Um, oh, wait. Abby and Lydia? No. From at the very start, it was him, Jackie, uh, Moana. Moana. Yep, and then he got voted out. Got voted out. That was in his Daisy. Was it Daisy? No, it was no, someone in his alliance. Ta- no, ta- ta- Tarzan's in it as well. He was in the original alliance. There was Tarzan, Jackie, Moana, and him. But he was always outnumbered. That's the thing. He mm-hmm. was always outnumbered. And remember, he made that famous comment about he doesn't actually realise how it even happened. Like you've got Lockie running the, you got you got Lockie running the cool kids alliance. You know the the good looking tribe. And, and yeah. Matt Rogers famously said, like, he doesn't even know how it happened. It just happened that he was with Tarzan, Moana, Jackie. But we also know that he was always going to be tight with, with Moana. They were tight on, on their season, and they've obviously, obviously continued that over into All-Stars. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it was Jerry. I'm pretty sure it was Jerry, yes. Yeah, it was. So when Jerry left, it was just left with him, Moana, Jackie, and... Yes. So then it was like seven versus five, you know, like in the tribe split. And then so he was really, you know, running from the bottom. But for him to, to he's, he's very, very powerful in this game that he has people that 
are loyal to him and there's nothing more powerful in Survivor than loyalty. You know, even if you've got a tribe swap, even if you, you know, can talk to other people, if you've got – Matt's got people – yeah, uh, Matt's got people in his corner. So he's, he's, he's re- he is really great to watch. Joan, just – I'm going to get slightly off topic. Um, did you – in your three days that, that you were out on the island, did you have that connection with anyone on there? Because I know I didn't. I, I – I was unlucky as far as that. I know why I got put on that season is because they knew I was I was going to speak up to the, the the big boys alliance, and they knew that I would I wouldn't just cop their shit. Yeah. Um, what about so I never connected with anyone, and and it's it's a shame because now I really connect with someone like Anita. Me and Anita get along fantastic, yeah. but we did we just didn't get the time in the show to to explore that. How about you? You had three days. Did was there was there anyone that you you actually did get a genuine connection with in that initial three days that you were on the show? Not in that three days. After the fact and after the show, yes, we're all really great friends and we talk constantly. But in those three days in the game, um, it I didn't feel like like I spoke to Lukey um, and I spoke to Jerry and we we did have you know like that first night um, that first night we we spent you know outside of the shelter because there wasn't enough room for us. Um, but that wasn't enough. And and even on the second day, they didn't show this in my season. But Michelle actually contaminated our water. She went in and put her dirty hand in our drinking well. And she's like, hey, guys. Yeah, because she dropped the ladle in there. And so she put her hand in the water. And, you know, we're we're, we're all disgustingly dirty. So she put her hand in that water. And she's like, hey, guys, just letting you know, I put my my hand in the water. Is that all right? And Odette blasted her. Odette's like, we're out in the heat. We we could get anything. Like, how could you do that? How could you be so stupid? You know, that's our water. Now we're going to dehydrate. So producers had to put um, chlorine tablets in the water to clean it. So wow. for a little while, day two, Michelle and Odette actually were, it was going to be one of them. That we were like, yep, it's going to be one of them to go. And then day three, it was the challenge. And it was like, I couldn't do the puzzle. And I said I couldn't do cardio. And I slept all night the night before. So, um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, I didn't connect really that well. Um, you know, I thought I, I made a really good connection with Sarah. There was a time when me and her talked. And, um, you know, we were just, you know, talking about life. But, yeah, it turned out she was actually just trying to make me feel comfortable so she didn't see that she was voting the other way. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I mean, there's, there's a difference going back, Matt, to what you've constantly talked about, the two-day versus the three-day thing. I mean, had you had tribal council on, on the second day, Michelle and Odette might have, you know, as you said, one of them's probably going home instead of you. A- absolutely. In, in the first two days, you've already done a reward challenge and an immunity challenge. Um, you, you don't have much time to actually you know, to talk to these people. You get one night, uh, you get a few hours in a day when you're not going to challenges. It's very little. And and I was unlucky as far as, you know, like Joan said, she never connected it with anyone in that three days. I never connected with anyone in that two days that I was there. But some people connected in the first five minutes, if not the first yep. minute. And yep. and I'm just I'm, and and Joan, you, you, you sit there and you watch it. You see these people connecting, and you're like, holy shit! Like you're looking yep. around, thinking, who can I connect with? And no one's there's just no one. And and it's just unlucky. You know, you could be put on a different season, the very next season, and there's more people that you can connect with. And it's the other people that can't connect because they might be gym junkies and they're not on a tribe full of gym junkies. So. Yeah. It's 
it's a luck of the draw. I've, I've, I, people are probably sick of me saying it, but it really is. And but that's what once again, it's it, what makes Survivor so good because you 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 start off with you know twenty four people who are however many there are, and you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is the thing. It's it's all about like you and I were talking about that the other day on Australian Survivor Archives. Download now via your good podcast retailer. Uh, about luck playing, you know, <laughs> a, a clear factor in in part of you know anyone's game of Survivor. And speaking of which, I mean, we're kind of we're going around all over the place here with different you know players and who's in the game is out of the game. I just think really quickly before we go back into some of the other players in the game, since we're talking on Matt, we'll talk about some of the other players. But just of the players that we've lost, uh, so we've we've had nine people out of the game at this point who are the ones maybe that have surprised you that have gone out this early uh so i mean obviously we've talked a bit about shane and jericho we talked a little bit about michelle talked a bit about henry uh and we've also of course lost daisy we've lost abby lydia and john so uh any thoughts on those that's eight ben not nine what did i what did i count eight nine you said nine remember there was that episode with no elimination Oh, well, this is just stupid, Australian Survivor. You're making me sound like an even more of an idiot. Well, the eight people that went <laughs> out, come on then. Um, any any good podcast host would edit that out to make themselves not sound like an idiot, but this is yours network. I'm always sounding like an idiot. Let's go over those eight people again then. Um, uh, I'll start with you, Des. Uh, of the the people we've lost, who, who has been the most uh, surprising to see go this early in the game? So the person I was most surprised to... Um go out early was Henry. I um I thought I thought Henry would uh, have all the skills to go far into the long game. Um I didn't expect him to um go, go so wild uh early but clearly he did. Um and from here, I'm uh, I'm hoping that uh, Phoebe can make it to the jury and fulfil her dream. Um, yeah, so that's me. What about you? Me? I, it's not about me. It's about you guys. I'm going to go to Matt now with this question. No one cares about my opinions, Des. Come on, I've not played the game. I'm not important. <laughs> No, I have to admit, uh, I don't don't uh, care about Ben's opinion too often. No, that's a, that's that's a lie, Ben. I, I appreciate you, Ben. Come on, you're the icon of uh, Survivor podcasting. You give you give yourself some credit here. Come on, but I'd have to say John, to be honest, and I know he's the most recent person to be voted out. The reason why I say John is, I, I have to admit, like I assumed he would have gone to the merge no problem at all. We, I think in the two seasons now we, we've seen him play, he's def, I don't think he's too... I don't, I, his game plan isn't the whole strategic mastermind game play. That's just not him. He's the lovable guy. He plays up the whole Bogan role. Um, and he's just that... He, he, he's fun to be around at camp. We can see that. Uh, I know Lee Castledine posted something on social media tonight about how he's just you know, how he made All-Stars just the best, even better than his original season, you know, because he's just so funny around camp. And that's what he relies on. And someone like that, who's not doing too much strategic planning, often can coast through to the merge. So I know what, he's lasted 20 days, 21 days or whatever, and and, and still a good effort. But I, I'd have to say I'm surprised that um, 
he didn't make merge. But another interesting point I'm going to bring up, out of the eight people that have gone so far, five of them didn't get any pre-game promos. Uh, two of them did, and they were the two previous winners, so that's not a surprise. And the other one was Henry. So out of that eight that are so far, only Henry, Shane Gould, and Jericho got pre-game promos. And and like I said, two of them are winners. That, to me, that's annoying because, like, you, you watch these promos. I knew that, and I wasn't spoiled at all. I didn't. I've made sure I've stayed away from any spoilers. But I knew Abby and Lydia weren't going far in this game simply because they weren't they weren't promoted. So that says a lot. Out of the eight, only five of them. Uh, five of them weren't promoted. Two of them were winners. So it, it's disappointing. I'd like to see in a game of all stars. I'd like to see everyone get promoted. That way, it doesn't make it so damn obvious who doesn't make merge well yeah and you and i talked a little bit about that in our preview episode that it was it was it was ridiculous that some of these people hadn't even been announced and even on the day that they were announced i mean we barely even knew that some of these players were on we had no introduction and we brought it up once i'll bring it up now because i'm still absolutely fuming that nine episodes in poor flick hasn't had a single confessional and on on a show where you've got three episodes a week and then 90 minutes in length it is it is just I, unfathomable to me how you cannot have at least one freaking confessional from Flick, who is an amazing character, an amazing player, and it's just ridiculous that she hasn't had any screen time at all. With my season, they filmed our pre-game ads before we went live. So I'm not oh, wow. sure if they did that with you guys. So they chose myself. I remember seeing Tara. Um, I know they showed Sarah and Tarzan. Um, so they they pulled us out early. Um, we, sorry, they put they took us out before we had hit the barge, and they only chose a few of us. And we all did. I don't know if you remember. There was um, Peter. He was walking along the beach. Amy was jumping over a log. Um, you know, Sarah was staring at the cameras. So there was a few of us that did. Um, that pre-game ads and it was it was way before the game had even started so I think they they choose characters who they think are going to be big players um yeah they didn't do that with with my season but you got to remember with my season it was it was the first season ever they did backstories so they came out and did everyone's backstory so my season was the first season that ever happened. So unlike yeah. your season, they already had all our backstories. So they had me, I, they had to come up, get me in a Ben's favourite backstory yeah. of in the police. Yeah, yeah. He loved that. It's his favourite. So, so you comfortable, Blake. Yeah. Um, I said, you don't have any yeah. idea how fast you're Senior constable here, you've gone 63 and a 50, you know. Yeah, um, brilliant. But, yeah, and it was actually, can, can I just say on a side note here, They we went to a pool hall, my, my two brothers and, and a great mate of mine who I travel a lot with and we went to a pool hall that was the other area we went after I did my morning shoot in the police clothes so I got out of them got in the normal clothes we went to the pool hall and they shot us playing pool and talking that and there was this one shot and it was a it was a great shot and I got it in and I still remember um I still remember production saying that oh that is, that was brilliant because like we all like celebrated it was just a great little moment and unfortunately I was first out and they never used it and it was still annoyed because the production's like, oh that's going to definitely make the cut we're in it and then I was first out and they never got to use it so it's in the <laughs> archives somewhere but yeah Jones so in saying that they already had all that backstory so I never got see Des got heavily promoted you got promoted in your season I never got promoted I 
about two days before the season aired, they started advertising that it was going to be a traffic cop on the season, and that was the first time they'd ever mentioned me, and then, of course, I was out first episode. Yeah. You're right with Dez getting promoted. I mean, God, I remember in the lead-up to, you know, Dez's season that all I think I remember is Dez. I think, Dez, you were on every single bloody promo. <laughs> uh, uh, damn right, man. <laughs> uh, and, and and so embarrassing. I I bloody hid at my house for about six weeks after that. I was <laughs> so embarrassed to go out. Uh, yeah, when you when you go down to Woolies and like I I quickly have to duck in and out of Woolies every now and then, and sometimes I'm not looking my best. I'm in pajama pants, and there was this one guy that was like, "Oh my god, you're from Survivor!" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, how are people recognizing me?" It was not fun, and they're like trying to take selfies with me, and I've got my kids with me, and yeah. So oh, I know what, I know what you mean, Des. Yeah, I, I just take selfies with myself and pretend that I recognise myself just to try and get some of that. But you yeah, no. now, now, Ben, I, sorry, I was just going to say, Ben, I know I'm not on ASA right now, so I know I'm not co-host, but I am going to throw it back to you. Is there any? Let, come on, you're a big, you are, a, you, you are the icon podcaster. Who, who are you enjoying, or, or out of the eight so far, who are you surprised that's gone so far? Well, I, I will answer that after Joan answers it because um, I, I'm not <laughs> avoiding the question, but I feel that, uh, you know, as the esteemed first boot gang here, Joan actually hasn't had a chance to answer it yet. So I'll let Joan answer it first and then I'll answer it just for you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Um, I was just going to say I, I was surprised with Lydia's exit um, only because she wasn't, well, she was voted out by her tribe, but she exited because she didn't, couldn't make fire and I don't know if it was editing but she didn't make fire the entire time Phoebe was there um making fire so for me that was um interesting and surprising because I don't know about you Matt and or or, and Des when I found out I was going to go on Survivor I I tried to pick up as many skills as I could. I learned how to make fire. I talked to my mom. My mom's Filipino. My, my mom and dad are Filipino. But I was like, mom, I need I need some skills. What can you teach me? The next day she buys me a live chicken and teaches me how to cut its head off, skin it, boil it, and cook it. <laughs> wow. Like, no wow. joke. Wow. My mom, my mom needs to go on Survivor. Like, she yeah. is – she, and that's what I was hoping. Like, I was hoping to find some chickens – on the island so I can chop its head off and 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 get pluck it, get its feathers and cook it for the tribe. Like that's yeah, that would have to that, that, that would have to be a first. I don't think any other Australian survivor <laughs> players ever practiced a, the whole chicken yeah. killing and all that. Like they they sure fire and all that stuff, but not a live chicken just cut its head yeah. off and no, I mean, my parents grew up in rural Philippines, so my dad, you know, butchered pigs. And I remember growing up just he, like every time, every, once a week, it's like, okay, we're having, you know, pig for dinner. And it was one of those big roast pork, like pigs with the, with the, the whole body. It. Yeah, with the apple in its, its, in its mouth. And you, I remember watching it. Like as a kid, this is how I grew up. They would, you know, tie its legs up and it's very gross. But they, they did it in front of us and they wanted us to learn how – to survive, like really out, we grew we grew up in really poor farms of the Philippines. So, yeah, my my mum when I when I found out I was going on Survivor, she next day brought me a live chicken and and showed me how to how to kill it. <laughs> so, Joan, if you would have lasted a bit longer, we could have had a whole Australian outback 
pig killing <laughs> Michael Scoopin. Are we allowed to mention his name? I don't know. But anyway, just be um, careful there, Matt. She doesn't want to be too much like Michael Scoopin. No, but uh, yeah, we could. You you could have been the chicken killer, the 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 pig killer. Yeah, it. You know, like I'm not vegan, so I do apologize to any vegans out there that are listening. Like I love my meat, but. Really, it, it is it is a great skill, and I'm I'm actually really proud to say that I, I it was it was scary. Like my mum was like, just just hold the head and hold the body and get the knife and just just chop it. It's got to be clean, <laughs> clean cut. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah, it was um, it was full on. It was full on. But you know, I did what I had to do to survive. So which is not survive, but to be prepared. Which is why I was surprised that Lydia. Um, didn't know how to make fire because that was the first thing I, I taught. Like I went and bought flint and I practiced and practiced and practiced because I didn't want to be put in a position where I was in a fire making challenge and I couldn't make fire. I'm really disappointed now that you didn't have backstories in your season because I want to see the slow motion <laughs> video of your mum like with a knife going, come on, Joan, chop it. <laughs> she Bring is it badass. She is badass, I'm telling you. She is one of the strongest women on the face of this planet. Blood. Ver- I'm feeling a blood versus water here. Yeah. Joan and her mum. Yep. Yep. You know, she has, she has no chill. Like, she will, like, I remember there was these guys. This is now a side story, but I'll, I'll be quick. These guys, and my dad got into a, a small car accident, and um, the guys came to my dad's house. You know, they, they exchanged um, information, so they obviously knew where we lived. They came to the house, and they were like, oh, these two big, you know, musty guys. And they were like to my dad, we don't want you to go through insurance. You know, let's pay this outright. We'll just pay you like 500 bucks right now. My dad's car was pretty much a write-off. It's like, we'll pay you $500 right now. My mom comes out, full staunching up to these. She's a short Filipino lady. And she comes up to her and she's like, get out of my house. You don't come back here again. And that was that. They were like, okay, I'm sorry. Bye. You know, thank you. Wow. Yeah, so. Channel 10, listen to this episode and, and get on the phone. We need to see Joan's mum on Survivor. <laughs> Yep. Oh, Today, she would Imagine be her standing funny. up to David, you know, kind of like, you know, <laughs> no, I will not do this. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> she would. She would be less like that. I want to see your mum and Des on the same tribe. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my mum would, would just be like, Des, you take off your shoes when you come inside my house. <laughs> do not wear your shoes here. <laughs> you take that off right now. <laughs> Des, I have to. How, how would you handle that? How, how would you handle a short Filipino woman yelling in your face like that? <laughs> that, that wouldn't float the fucking bar. <laughs> uh, I would just move. I think if I've seen um, Joanne's mother, I just said, hey, it's all cool. I'm gonna, uh, uh, we're going to get the come we desire you don't need to like chop the chicken's head off we're gonna get there and and she would have said what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) and i would have said hey stay cool they got me and joan are going through to the end to win five hundred thousand so just yeah. be cool, Mitch. <laughs> be cool. Be cool. Um, Matt, to answer your question, um, Michelle would probably be mine 
because I I had a good vibe for Michelle. I think Michelle played a great game in her season, and I think to me she was going to be one of these ones who, you know, with all these other big names out there, you know, your David, your Matts, all these sort of people out there who you know people know are this type of player. I think Michelle could have, I thought, could have gone through all that and kind of lasted a long time. So. Yeah, Michelle probably for me. I'm with you a bit with John though too. I definitely think John was somebody who, um, you know, didn't really have huge target screaming on him coming into this game. And Lydia, uh, we talked a lot about if she was able to get a bit more strategic side into her her gameplay, it might help out a little bit. But um, yeah, I think she just had the numbers fall badly around her, unfortunately, and uh, she had a pretty terrible twist go her. You know, I mean, it was a double vote out. She was going home anyway. But uh, that was a terrible one to me, too, because I love Lydia and I love Phoebe. So either way, I was sad there. <laughs> but, um, it, it, yeah. It's been a weird couple of episodes. I it mean, has. the last couple of episodes, I don't know. I've just – it was was it required this early in the game? Are they just trying to get – we all – look, we go into an Australian Survivor Series knowing that there's going to be a couple of non, non-elimination episodes. It pisses everyone off. Everyone knows that. They still do it because obviously they're obligated to get a certain amount of episodes out. They're, they're clearly trying to get one out early so people forget about it, come merge, and then can move on with the game. But it was just weird. And and, and then to, to double up, like double down with the whole Phoebe and Lydia making fire and then only one go home, it was just like, holy shit, like two episodes like that in the one week. Yeah. It was unnecessary. And but yet you know what about Zach Ben you know you've had Zach come on the Oz Network before I played with Zach you know I've spoken a lot about Zach Zach's a weird one too he's not getting a lot of airtime he's he did well in the last challenge he's he's seems to be on the outs a little bit he's then had a couple of good confessionals where. You can clearly see he's trying to play under the radar, and he said about what in around about day fourteen, he's like, okay, now it's time to start playing. So Zach's definitely gone into this game a lot different than he did on my season because I tell you, on on day one, he was trying to call the shots, and that's why I called in the kingpin. Um, but Zach's got a bit of a weird edit as well. But the thing I would say with Zach, we talked about Shawnee before, kind of showing a different style. I'd almost argue that Zach is on a level footing with Shawnee because Zach went into this game, what was his reputation? Purely that he was the the cocky rooster guy who said sexist comments and didn't respect women and everybody just, you know, he was an asshole basically. That's kind of his thing. And, you know, through the Oz Network interview we did with him last year and some other ones, you know, he's kind of admitted, like, look, I was playing a bit of a character, you know, I just went out there and had a bit of fun. You know, whatever he wanted to say about that, that's what he said. But he's come into this game. He's said in the the limited screen time we've seen him, I'm here to play a lot more of a social game. And I think we only really had one little moment when they had that, was it the uh, magazine challenge where they got sort of the front pages of past experiences and they kind of brought that idea back of like, this is what he was in the first season. That's been completely forgotten about. He's really now all of a sudden being Mr. Social. Okay, he got voted out, but he's back in the game. That's all forgotten about. And now, I mean, I I don't see Zach going anywhere anytime soon at all. I think Zach's in a great position. And I think that he, alongside Shawnee, maybe are the two that have changed it up the most. Because look at everyone else. You talked about Matt 
Rogers kind of changing up things a bit, but he's still very similar in many aspects of what he was. David's calmed down slightly, but he's just found an idol and all of a sudden he's kind of going back to what it was. AK's kind of calmed down a little bit, but he's still AK. Nick's still Nick when he kind of gets it. He's calmed down slightly. Henry didn't change at all. Like, no, like, this, a lot of these players haven't changed. But Zach and Shawnee, they're maybe the two that have the most. One thing I'll say about Zach, and probably his greatest moment so far, wasn't actually him. He was involved in it. But when, when, when he got voted out, came back, went into the tribe, they mixed up the tribes, and he was with the Golden God. When the Golden God, immediately, he did that confessional where he says, I need to talk to Zach. Zach works out in a gym. I work out in a gym, but I can't hit him too hard too early about gameplay, so I'm going to talk to him a bit about gym work. And then he did that, the, one of the best lines of the season. And then he's like, then we're going to kill them all! <laughs> and it was just... And I, I give that... Like, that was... That, that was a poor effort on me to have Golden God said it, but that's got to be one of the greatest lines. And I know it wasn't actually Zach that did it, but it was the whole Zach teaming up with Golden God. And in the last episode, you look at the challenge, it was the Golden God and Zach that were together doing that challenge. So there's obviously some type of bond going on there. Oh, well, I think with this challenge, though, I also think that producers put that in um, because of, you know, they say they've got the same um, height leg span so they needed to have a little bit of um i don't know equal equal match they they, they try and do that but yeah i i do agree with what that, that makes sense because i think um <laughs> seeing phoebe and moana kind of team up there I yeah. mean, there's no way in hell they exactly. were teaming up <laughs> so. no there's no way they'd be like you're my first choice girl yeah, yeah. let's go to win this challenge yeah yeah exactly what's what's your take on zach in general though joan like i mean kind of coming yeah, into I thought this he was a pig I thought he was a huge pig, like, from last season. I'm a huge feminist. I am, you know, I'm all about women's rights and, um, you know, you should definitely, um, you know, treat women with respect. And when he said what he said, I just was like, nah, don't care for him. But I, I have not spoken to him myself, but I hear that he's not really like that. Um, so, I, you know, I hope I hope he learnt from, from what he said and, and doesn't say things like that anymore because I think he, he did offend quite a lot of people. Um, but from this season, yeah, he's definitely changed the way that he's being perceived. And, again, it's all about perception. It's about how the producers decide they want to portray you. You know, they portrayed me a lot differently to how I am, you know, in real life. Like, they really wanted me to be the puzzle queen. Like, yeah, I, I build escape rooms and I'm really great at puzzles. And so that was their angle. And when I didn't win the puzzle challenge, that was, you know, they were like, oh, you know, why didn't you win it? You're so good at puzzles. And, yeah, it was um, – it, it was it is about perception and um, they are perceiving Zach in a more lighthearted, friendlier, funnier way. Yeah. Des, do you have any thoughts or opinions on Zach? Uh, Zach is an absolute bloody cracker, mate. He, um, I think how he was portrayed in, I think how he's portrayed in his first season is exactly what Zach is. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I think he's trying to repair his reputation. Uh, um. But the bottom line is, I think Zach has always been a misogynistic bastard and will continue to be that. 
uh, and whether the edit shows him as different because he's trying to win a show is is just all smoke and mirrors. So uh, I don't like Zach. I don't like what he portrays. I think he's. I I, I just want him out of the game. Uh, that's my opinion. Have you met him yourself, Des? Uh, no, I've never met him, and uh, I, I've, I've reached out to all the people that have been uh, evicted from uh, Survivor to, like, say, you know, hell, I know this is a hell of a journey and I'm hoping you're feeling, you know, okay about that, but uh, Zach, to me, is a... Is an actor, and uh, whilst I'm sure he's got good points, I uh, I think what we're seeing on the telly is uh, is bullshit. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, Matt, you I mean, you played with him for two days. You've already sort of you know talked a little bit about him in, in, in that as well. So uh, you're at least on that tribe with him for a couple of days. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. He's an interesting. I definitely, I definitely see how he can be, you know, divisive, and how people can definitely have. Because I mean, I saw a lot of comments on on Zach sort of in the lead up to this, basically, you know, questioning why he's on the show based on what he said in the first season and how it's disgusting that he got brought back. And sort of, I actually saw a very interesting debate by a couple of sort of prominent people in the Survivor community and the media side of things. I won't name them, but sort of one really basically saying they should not be on he should not be on the show and another person basically saying well look give him a second chance like he's got a, a chance here to redeem himself and it kind of it was a bit of an interesting argument to read but um i don't know where i'm going with this point matt i just you played with him for two days that's how i connected it somehow zach play he's playing a character on tv uh but in saying that too like the the, the two days i was out there with him i would oh, i i know and this is I, I don't know if i've ever told you this ben but I was honest because I was for sure. I thought for sure that I was going home, and and I wanted to vote for Zach because I knew that he thought he was the kingpin, and I deliberately went in there, ready to call him out as the kingpin deliberately, so everyone who who had their head in the sand could see that this guy thought he was running the show, and and that's why I made sure I added him for that because I wanted to vote him out. I, I would. Oh, and, and and it was only because I thought, well, it might come down to a tie between me and Stevie, and I don't want to waste my vote on Zach. If if I would have known for sure that I was going, I would have written down Zach just just for a throwaway vote to say that's who I think should have been going. Um, but in saying that, outside the game, Zach's a different player, a different person. Sorry, you know, he loves animals. He's he, he, he I think he is a kind bloke, but he once you put it once you put a camera in front of him, he. he transforms into a character and that's just Zach. I think you just got to accept that and he's trying hard this time to actually be more of himself. So I think we're getting a bit of a a 50-50 split. We're getting half Zach, half, you know, Hunter, the gladiator. It's a, it's an interesting look at that, and that kind of leads me into sort of talking about David, I think, a bit too, because, you know, we talked about his character and everything before, but, you know, we, we raised a point before about put a camera in his face and this guy knows how to work it. He, he You know, it's his career. He knows how to work a camera in more ways than one, not just a video camera. He's a model. He knows how to work a steel camera as well. But I think what's really turned me around on on David is that 
you know, I think there's so much more to him than the flash that, that comes out in a lot of Australian Survivor where a lot of these people, to me, are very over-edited into something that they're not. And I think the difference with David this time around is that he's showing that he is more than just a good soundbite and more than just a good promo. And I'm not saying that's all he was last season because he definitely played a very solid game for the most part. But this time around, just watching him, you know, the daisy vote, as we talked about before, kind of the, the playing the sides with Matt, he's really gone a bit quiet all of a sudden. And then now all of a sudden, boom, he's got an idol and it's kind of we're going to switch focus back to him. And this is this is giving me some good hope for him that he could potentially go really deep because, Matt, you and I talked a lot about how is he getting over-edited promo-wise because generally those players never really do that well and it, to me that's like, okay, he's not going to win. But he's qu- his edit has quieted down enough and now it seems to be picking up again that it's not so much in your face like it was all the time last season and the early point in this season. So... I'm saying it now. I'm not saying he's my winner's pick. I'm not changing. I'm still on the Phoebe train. She's still alive. But, um, Matt, he's, I mean, David, sorry, is, I don't know. There's something about him this season. There's something slightly different. Well, remember, Ben, in our preview episode, I said to you that I actually thought he was going to go a few days further than his original season. And you, a few people kind of were and I think you even thought, oh, I don't see how that's going to happen. He's going to be an early target. And I, and for all I know, he goes, he gets eliminated next episode. Like I said, I don't know any spoilers. He could go next episode, and I'm wrong. But at the moment, I'm almost on track. I picked it right from the start. I think he's that good socially. And the thing I like about Dave, the Golden God, is he, he's fearless. He, he he's willing. While other people are too scared to make a move, he his guts can just just tolerate he he's prepared to make a move if he thinks it's going to get him further in the game and i think he is willing to take that risk even if it might get him voted out and that's how you some players do go further in this game and 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 i said it to you ben for whatever reason i think he's going to go further this time even though he should have a target on his back let's be honest and and i still stick by that i I stand by that that i think he's going to go deep into this game as you said, it's, it's surprising to me that he's such a target and he's just not... I mean, we're seeing this with Moana right now. Like, she's all about weakening David by taking out Phoebe. Well, take David out. Like, it's kind of like... It's such an odd thing to me. But, like, Joan, I'll let you talk here in a sec. The thing that I just wanted to quickly say is this is the difference between Henry and David. Henry doesn't know when to stop. David knows when to stop. And that's, to me, the clear difference between these the, the two of them. So that's where I think kind of that that works in that aspect. Joan, sorry, go ahead. David, talk to me about David. With David, I think what makes him, you know, what what will get him really far in this season is not only is he great at talking to camera in confessionals, so we as the audience get to see, you know, what he's thinking, his thought processes, um, who he actually likes. Like, you know, I want I need to work with Phoebe but I don't want to work with Phoebe you know like just that whole um persona and then he's a very different person to when he's at tribe so it's very very subtle I'm not sure if you see if you've noticed it but when he's with his tribe he lets people speak he's not overly um aggressive he's not overly the leader he sits back he stands back he lets you have the mic and and lets your ideas come up to life sometimes you will even we've even seen him plant ideas into other people's head and then let them talk so that he's not the forefront of the um, I suppose 
you know, the idea of voting someone out. So he's taken that step back, which I think, which is why, yeah, I, I agree. He will take it really far in this season. Um, but also because Channel 10 is so silly, um, <laughs> they put Pia for last season on the very first episode of the project and she won. This season they put David and Brooke in the first episode of the project. So my guess is David and Brooke come out one and two. So we'll see. We'll see and, if uh, they learnt from last last season. Well, this is this is a problem too. And again, we're getting sidetracked here, but like we we all know that <laughs> you get voted out, you get sent home straight away, right? Like it's not like American Survivor yeah. where you hang out the whole time. Everyone knew yeah. Daisy wasn't going to last long this season because she was doing exit interviews last season when she got voted out, and everybody knew they were out there filming All Stars. Yeah. And same with Abby was posting stuff on social media when she should have been out on the island. And this is a problem. Yeah. I think they need, like, especially you're doing an all-star season, like, fix that. Like, that's kind of like, you yeah. know, 101. Because Survivor fans aren't dumb. We know when they're filming. We, we, we can read into these things. But I think, let's be honest, I think we knew Michelle was coming home pretty early too because I think we saw her posting stuff on social media when we knew, again, they were out there filming all-stars. And, again, well, this is not us. Yeah. Well, Matt and I mentioned a little bit, I think, in our preview that we were aware of at least two that went early and we were kind of and that's without us looking into spoilers it's just kind of you know the cast you know who's around yep. and you just put two and two together yeah i was aware of michelle and jericho only because i think luke toki posted a video a slight video or him or his wife posted a video of jericho coming to surprise do a little surprise visit and it was when jericho should have been on the island so there was only a couple of those real early ones that were, were were spoiled, but um, but I mean that wasn't Jericho's fault. He didn't actually post that, um, but where Abby did, um, which is, um, is is disappointing. And and Daisy as well. She was po- uh, posting a lot of her trip to Turkey. So that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Des, I think you talked a little bit about the Golden God before, but just um, while we're on the topic of him, just quickly, do you have any uh, extra thoughts to add on on David? Oh well, I. Uh talked earlier about him being like the next Australian movie star Mm. Um, so I won't go back on that but um, in in this in this current environment that's uh, being shown um, he seems like he's very in the middle which is always a good spot to be I'm uh, I'm very nervous about the the Brooke Lockie thing. I think mm. Brooke is playing exactly the same game that she played with Sam in season one, hooking up with a guy, yes, trying to yep. trying to like take that alliance forward. forward. I was uh, really interested to see, uh, not necessarily on the telly, but on on the Twitter about how um, Flick was keen to take Brooke out again. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but uh, there's been some stuff on the Twitter about um, Flick saying, yeah, it's now the time to break them up. So it'll be interesting to see next week where where that goes, whether that backfires on Flick and... I know people have been saying Fleet's getting no air time. Um, but much like Benji went 
like eight seasons without, or eight episodes without getting any airtime, and then like banged it uh, with confessionals for the last ten weeks or whatever. It'll be interesting to see whether Flick's um, airtime goes up and whether that whole Flick-Brook thing now becomes a story. Um, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to watch how that bloody turns out. Eh? What about you? Well, well, the problem with Flick is... You know, I th- and I think she was such a big character in her original season, your your season, Dev, season one of Channel Ten. But it the problem is, let's be honest, we we kind of know she's not going to win because what winner is going to get an edit like she's got? And once again, that's what's annoying me. Like we, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I, I'd be prepared to bet everything I've got that Flick doesn't win simply because. The edit she's got is terrible, and why would they give a winner that edit? So they're kind of telling us that, well, we know Flick's not going to win. Just quickly jump in there. I would agree with that, uh, Matt, but Sandra famously went about uh, six uh, six episodes in a row in Heroes vs. Villains without a confessional, so there is some precedence there in the past. Yeah, that's true, Ben, but um, I I think the point that Matt was talking about there was um, in that in that uh, 2016 series. I'm not going to say which one it was. Um, <laughs> the whole Sanapu bloody um, bullshit that went on <laughs> with with nobody going to tribal council. Everyone was going, "Oh, Brooke is a fantastic player. Oh, Flick's a fantastic player. Oh." Uh, Matt Tarrant's a fantastic player. They never got tested. Never got tested in a tribal or this or whatever. And I think that's why people look at Phoebe in that first season and go, man, that girl played her tits off. You know, she um, she overcame obstacles and, and got through. And I'm, I'm hoping that this season is not a Sanapu repeat. I'm hoping that this season is uh, a change them up and let's let's see the best player win. And if it ain't bloody Sean, I'm I'm just gonna flush the whole thing down the toilet, mate. So you're 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 a Sean man. Oh look, Sean has definitely got to be uh, one of the best. One of the best Australian players. I'm not going to yeah. say the best, the best, but Sean's ability to um, read the information, uh, move to whichever side is, like, aside from her dropping the bloody idol out of a bum crack, um, <laughs> like, yeah, okay, well, you know, people will remember that, but. Sean is one of the most savvy players I've ever seen. Um, yeah, so I, I'm interested to see where that goes. What about you? I, I'm very interested as well, and I think that we're, we're not seeing a whole lot of Sean, but we're seeing enough. 
Um, so I think she, she's an interesting one. Does anyone though, like the one that I find really interesting though is, I mean, I'm really loving Jackie this time around, but like mm. Sean and Jackie are so similar whenever we, like they had the thing between their legs and that, that challenge last night. And my God, I couldn't tell them apart there at one moment. Like personality wise, <laughs> they're different, but looks wise, they look so similar, but, um, that didn't answer your question, Des. So I, I, I agree with you about Sean. Joan, Sean, let's talk about Sean. <laughs> Oh, hey, hey, Ben, Ben, I just want to throw this out there. Um, have you ever seen Popeye and Olive? Uh, not in person, you know, but I've seen the Pop- cartoon, yes. <laughs> okay. Popeye eats the spinach. Yes. Uh, so that so that's Tarzan, and, and Olive <laughs> is Jackie, right? And, yep, yep. And, and, and Bruno is... Fucking Lockie. He's just fucking <laughs> sitting on the side. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. This is how I see it, right? Um, so you got Popeye Tarzan going, pop, pop, pop. I'll eat spinach, Popeye the sailor man. Whatever. I should have had his shot. shot. But anyway, we'll leave that alone. But, um, you know, Jackie is the olive, mate. She's like the olive oil. And poor old Bruno, bloody Lockie, is sitting there going, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. But, man, they're all going to fail because that that bloody, uh, that bloke, that, uh, what's his name? Um, okay. No, no. That Jack Sparrow, that... That bloody David, mate, he's going to come in and, like, <laughs> fuck them all up. <laughs> Can we well, now call him Jack Sparrow? Ja- Jack Sparrow is his new name, the golden god Jack, Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. mate. Yep. Yeah, because who's uh, that Australian actor that's bloody really good that plays uh, the devil man? Jeffrey Rush? Yeah, Jeffrey Rush. Well, that's Matt, and he's going down the toilet real soon, <laughs> I think. But anyway... Like, that's just my... I'm, I'm a bit crazy, as you know, but, yeah. I'm, de- I'm just waiting for Popeye the Sailor Man to go, toot <laughs> Getting off Popeye, um, Joan, with um, Lockie, and, and you're mm-hmm. obviously the only female on Bruno, the podcast. Bruno, his name's Br- Bruno. Bruno, okay, Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. Now, Jane, you're the only female on this podcast right now. We, we've seen Lockie have this ability to this woo the female contestants where they just are drawn to him. Like, what is it about Lockie? Are you seeing something about Lockie that he has that ability? We know he's a good-looking bloke. He's a mountain of a man. He's young. Yeah. He, he's a leader. We know that. Like, I can see that. I've met Lockie once, you know, but I very briefly, but I can tell that Lockie has all those attributes. But what are you seeing about Lockie that's making him so dominant? I think that he's fearless um, is what's making him dominant. Um, he is just a naturally – he's just a natural adventurer. And and as everyone knows, if anyone follows him on Instagram, he you know, he does his tours out in Bali and he'll jump out of balconies and p- jump into pools and jump out of planes and base. Like he is just – an incredible 
uh, would you say an athlete? I don't know. He's an adventurer. And I think that's what draws people. Like he will sit there and tell stories about his life and you just wonder like, what am I doing with myself? You know, like you just sort of question your own life. And, you know, just a, a, again, another little side story. When we were um, in Samoa, he was my neighbor in my, in my, in our hotel. And we had like these little huts and that we had an, like an outside shower and he climbed outside of his shower because we didn't know where we were climbed out outside of his shower and sat on top of the roof. And the next day you see them installing grills on top of his <laughs> bathroom because they didn't want him escaping anymore. So it's like, think that that was my first experience of Lockie. And, um, you know, he, yes, he's attractive. Yes, he's tall. Yes, he's, you know, all these things. Um, so I can see why he, he could draw in the females. And, and he's fun. You know, you don't want someone so serious and gloomy and grumpy like, I don't know, like Harry, I think is 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 too full on. Like if I'm, you know, going to compare, you know, Harry's just really full on. He's just very like he has this look like blue steel always and does this eyebrow up and you can see he's always thinking, he's always thinking, whereas with Lockie he's a little bit more laid back. You know, I'm sure he's still thinking about the game, but he's relaxed about it. You know, he feels comfortable enough to to play. And I think we do have to call him an athlete because remember he did tell Matt Rogers that he did play he did play for under nineteens Australian soccer. Matt <laughs> went right back and was like, anyone can play soccer. Matt you know, Rogers is there Matt thinking, well, <laughs> Matt Rogers is there like, well, I played for the Wallabies, I played for the Kangaroos, but anyway. You played for under nineteen soccer. Matt, yeah. Matt owned him in that scene because I just I love the way they edited that. They just kind of these these pin drops, and Matt's like under nineteens. <laughs> <Like, it's just, laughs> it's just this silence. There was there was a similar scene actually where we were talking about David and kind of Joan. You mentioned about how he has that way of kind of planting ideas. That one when he and Zach were standing in the water, and and David's like, oh, so what about Nick? How about we go after Nick? And there was just this silence, and Zach kind of bobs his head and goes, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. just like kind of just the way it's yeah. kind of And it was as though it's the, what David does, and Des, you were saying you hit the nail on the head that he is an actor. He, David right now to me is Leonardo DiCaprio in Inception. He is going around just planting seeds in people's minds not being the forefront of the game, not trying to be the boss or the leader, just planting ideas and they run off and, and you know, they, they put the target on their own back. So David really reminds me of the Forrest Gump. He just like <laughs> letting them leg, leg braces go and just running, going, yeah, I can do this, I can do this. And, man, he is so entertaining. He, you know, David to me, and I'm calling this right now, he's the Tony Vlachos of Australian Survivor. He's constantly on the ball thinking, he's entertaining, and players like David should not win Survivor, just like players like Tony should not win Survivor. David hasn't won yet, Tony won, but who knows? David could then pull a Tony and be a player that shouldn't win Survivor, but might win Survivor. And I'm saying this now, and coming full circle, in that I did this with Luke. I, I... Everyone knows that I was not a Luke fan back in your season, Joan, but I've come full circle. I love Luke now. This is me doing it again. I did not like David at all last season, and now I'm I'm in the golden god Johnny Depp 
uh, bloody Forrest Gump fan club. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm calling it. He's, he's the he's the Tony Vlachos, Forrest Gump, Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, Ben, Ben, I'm I'm gonna send you some of my medication, mate. You 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 are now. Uh, whilst I thought you were bloody a bit stupid with your numbering system. You are now my number one. The correct one. numbering system. Your number one fan. <laughs> Good. Oh, you'll, have to glad. Jo- you'll have to join us on ASA then, uh, Des. We'll talk about some old school survivor. Yeah, I'm going to be interested, no, Des, when we eventually get to that. your season, yeah, how we're going to work that out. You're not going to buy our magic mushrooms on that episode, I believe. Now, look, we've got some listener questions to get to. Obviously, there's a lot Hang of... on a minute. Hang on a minute. I've got my own magic mushrooms to sell. Uh, Trust yeah, me, Des, yeah. for the last two hours, we're very much aware of your magic mushrooms you've been on. It's all good. Uh- <laughs> ben, just before you get to some listener questions, there's this, there is two more characters. Just quickly, I want well, to go over. Just One to, to interrupt your interruption there, Matt, I was, I was about to say, I, I'm getting to the listener questions, but there was a few more things I was just going to quickly raise. You're so good at this hosting, co-hosting thing now. You're, just, you're into it. I like this. You've been trained well. Um, before we get to listener questions... I was going to maybe just throw it open here quickly to, to each of you to talk about any of the players left in the game that we haven't talked about, any of the other things that are happening maybe that you just, we, you know, because, again, we've got nine episodes to cover. We're not going to be here for nine hours. Maybe we will be, judging on the time it is right now. But open floor <laughs> right now. I'll start with you, Matt. Talk to me about players left in the game, anything we've missed that you want to discuss because there's tons to cover, but I just want to open it up open-ended. Well, Joan mentioned about Harry, and I agree. I I, I think I, I don't know. I've never met Harry. I don't know if I'm enjoying his game at the moment. I, and and look, we know that's how it's all edited. This is nothing against Harry himself, but I think Joan nailed it on the head. He's very. He doesn't show too much emotion. Um, he's definitely not like a David character at all. But I will give Harry this credit. He understands the game. He's playing for the long game. He said that. So I think credit where credit's due. Although I'm not, I'm certainly not sitting in front of my TV thinking to myself, show me more Harry. That's definitely not the case. But I will say he's playing a very good game. All credit should go to Harry. He understands the game very well. Another one is AK. I think AK, We surprisingly, we actually haven't seen a real lot of AK. We've just seen little snippets. He's obviously in with Brooke and and Lockie. Um, we know that he's in with Phoebe at all, but at the moment they're on separate tribes. So I think it was very nice that we saw that at the auction. We got to see Phoebe and AK enjoy the spoils of um, of the reward where they got to share and everything. I thought that was a really good moment. But I think AK is playing a smart game as well. I, I can see AK at this stage. I his game would have to something would have to go terribly wrong right now for him not to make merge. So I think for for AK he never made merge in his first season. So I think for him to get to merge and possibly get to the end, I, I don't know. He could get to the end. Um, I think credit goes to AK too. I think he's really played a smart game in All Stars. Um, one last one too. I think. Um, I think Nick Idanza, we haven't actually spoken at all about Nick, but uh, Nick was one of those characters that could have easily had a big target on his back going straight in. I think Nick's got a little bit lucky. I think he's been playing from the bottom or like the second bottom the majority of the game at the moment. I think he's had a, a lot of luck as well. But at the same time, I think he's in a good position now. So once again, I think 
Nick's one of those characters right now. He's actually probably in a great position and could go deep into this game. Joan, uh, any players, topics, anything here that you just want to have a bit of a say about? Yeah, I really want to see more of Jackie. Um, you know, she's not really getting too much airtime. She's winning challenges um, and, you know, she is a force to be reckoned with. Even, you know, with the barrels, she was out there holding the barrels, passing barrels left to right. She was she's, – she's super strong. And as we know, she was doing the bodybuilding competition, so she's in the gym every day. And, you know, she has the best job in the world. She marries people. So – um, I do want to see more of Jackie. I, I want to see more of her personality come out because I I played with Jackie and I you know spent time with her outside of the game. So I I wish they showed more of her. So yeah, that's that's all. <laughs> Des, any other players that we haven't talked about or anything else you want to quickly mention before we get into some listener questions? Uh, yeah, I'd just uh, like to mention the. Uh, Secret pre-game alliances. Um, prior to this game, um, I know that certain players went and talked to certain players. Uh, well, just gossip. But regardless of that, um, Adelaide has always prided itself on being the key to Australian Survivor and it's interesting to note that the last people now left in the game there is a huge Adelaidean if I can call it that well I will because I can um, (laughs) connection so you've got your okay Henry has been uh buggered off out of that but the Adelaidean connection um, I think is significant in this All-Stars game. You want me to name them? You know uh, I sure. do, Des. So, you know well, I do. Oh, hang on a minute. Is that that bald ugly bloke? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so, yes, it's not that Ben Worthworth. Um, Not at all. Yeah, it's it's so, a bald, ugly bloke. That's him. <laughs> uh, mate, you are my soul brother, mate. Um, yeah, we know that. But anyway, I, I think this whole uh, uh, All-Stars thing is very much connected to the pre-game alliance. Um uh, not saying that that's how the votes have gone, but you can see right now we've got Harry the Ice Cream Man. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, where's he from? Adelaide. Well, yes, okay. We've got Nick. Oh, where's he from? Adelaide. We've got Harry. Oh, hang on. Where's he from? Adelaide. Um, I think the States versus Mates thing is... More than well alive. I'm really disappointed that we haven't got like the cockroaches versus versus uh, New South Wales bloody stuff going on. But I think you have to be honest. The Adelaide people are the best players of the game, and uh, 
if they can convince that bloody David to move to Adelaide, uh, yeah, that might be the killer. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that um, you brought up that idea of states versus stakes. I think that's a great idea. Future season, potentially. And finally, we could get to see how well Tasmanians would play this game when they bloody finally let one of us play the game. Hey, uh, I just want... I just want Daniel Boone, <laughs> David Boone, to come in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Daniel him, Bo- Daniel Boone's his younger to... brother. <laughs> no, Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone was uh, the fellow that beat the people in Texas, mate. But uh, anyway, um, well, I, I will say this. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just blowing your mind out, but you, you really are. I, well, I don't know what's going on I, right I now. I think, Des, I think you've con- you've confused Harry because I'm pretty sure Harry's from Western Australia, from Perth, but uh, maybe he's flown down to Adelaide at some no, stage. I'm not no, sure. no, 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 Matt. There are so many people on this show that claim they're from Western Australia that actually are from Tasmania and all hooked in <laughs> with the same alliance. Uh, they keep moving there. Um, I'm not one of them. I hate that West End beer, and their water there is shit. Um, <laughs> Hello to all our Western Australians tonight beer. listening to the Oz Network. Uh, beautiful, beautiful country, that part of the, the and, country. And, and beautiful water. Beautiful water as well. Oh, <laughs> what, no. what, a beer. what a great beer they have over there. No, West End is the shittiest beer you've ever had in Australia. But anyway... um, Have you ever had Bogues, Des? Have you ever had Bogues? Uh, um, I'm not really keen on Johnny's of any kind. Uh, But anyway... (laughs) Just just um, on a side note, just on a side note, you know I've been to 89 countries, but yet I've never been to Western Australia. So Des is talking it up. I think I've got to get to Western Australia right now. (laughs) Uh, I don't care about you bragging about how many, how many countries you've been to, mate. But anyway. Um, Matt, Matt, I'll also add, you say you've been, been to Tasmania. When you've been to Launceston, that's not Tasmania, mate. Well, that's where my brother lived. What can Poor I do? Brother. Poor brother. Um, let's get to some listener questions. No, uh, you... but, 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 but let, Go, me, let me leave with this final thing. If you haven't kept... Played for Upper Cumber, Upper Cumber, oh, bloody hell. Upper Cumber, oh, bloody hell. There's a place outside ACT called Upper Cumber Cumberland. They have a football team. And if you haven't played for Upper Cumber Cumberland West, then you really haven't lived. And, and you know what, Dan? Forget these other two lunatics tonight. I've enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thanks, Dal. Likewise. What was the name of that team What was the name of that team one more time, Des? Upper Carper Cumberland West. (laughs) What? You want me to say that again? Upper Carper Cumberland West. It's just down in the National Namaji Park, south of Canberra. Where they just got all burnt down. Upper Cumber Cumberland West. You want me to say, say it again? It's a tongue twister. Hey, Ben, can you say it? 
Uh, upper Cumber Cumberlong, the mighty the mighty team up there. Upper, in the upper... Cumber Cumberlong West. <laughs> upper, sorry, so Upper Cumber Cumberlong West. Get your shit together, man. No wonder why... you got your bloody. No wonder you got your series numbers wrong in Survivor, <laughs> mate. Upper Cumber Cumberlong West. Yeah, this ben. is why. This is why the best, the first book club's the best club to be in. <laughs> Ooh, my it's goodness! Upper Cup come along west, Ben. Upper come the come along west. Yeah, you're on it. Upper come along west. Upper cup come along west. Best footy team done. Ever. I'm you, getting a you can ticket. have you can have only one league, and you will still get to play in that team. Okay. Sounds like uh, any team from Tasmania, really, let's be honest. Um, all right, um, we'll get into listener questions now. Usually at this point of the show we would um, rate the episodes, but I'm not sitting here going through all nine bloody episodes. I can't even remember half of them, so sure. Uh, but thanks to everyone who sent in listener questions. I really hope we've got somebody listening in from Upper Cumber Cumber Long West tonight. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's a great town, mate. There's only a 17 people live there. 17 amazing people, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Leah sends in a question. Um, this is a, an open-ended question. If you were in charge of creating an Australian Survivor non-elimination twist, what would it be and why? Let's go to you, Joan. You can answer this one first. Australian Survivor non-elimination twist. Um, oh gosh, put me on the spot. I've always really liked when they do go to um, Exile Island, but they have to do a challenge or win or, or go on like this epic adventure, you know, climbing a mountain and, and do something, you know, phenomenal to win an advantage. Um, I, and then they come back and, all, you know, that season with, um, it's this going to US now, um, that season with, um, What's his name? Ozzy. Uh, the season with Ozzy where he was just on exile every – like he wasn't coming back into the game. He, the the challenge was if you got voted out, you had to go and challenge the person that was left on exile. If you lost, you set, got sent home. If you won, you stayed on exile until the, the time when you come back. Do you guys remember that that season? Yep, exile Island Pacific. with, with yep. Johnny? Yes. Yep. So that's that's what I really enjoyed. And, you know, he was so humble about it. He would catch them fish, have it ready for them when they arrived. He's like, yeah, welcome to exile. And then just beat them at the challenge the next day. I think that would be pretty epic. Um, that really shows your strength. That shows your worth. That shows that you're, you know, you're, you should be back, let back into the game. But, you know, it, it's tough because Ozzy did come back and they're like, send him back home. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think something like that where, you know, if it was non-elimination, you have to prove yourself to come back into the game. Matt, do you have anything that you would you would do? You know, I'm not a big fan of any non-elimination. I'm I'm not a fan of players that have been voted out coming back into the game. But I know we live in that era now that we've got to get used to it because Australian Survivor are always going to do it. So I'm probably going to go something like the Pearl Islands. Um, what happened there? But I'll change it a little bit. Like obviously, with the Pearl Islands, we didn't see that tribe. That obviously uh, Burton and um, what was her name? Ben, help me out. Uh, Lil, Lil, that's right. Um, we obviously didn't see them until they announced that they were the tribe was coming back. And then 
it, remember if they won if they won and beat the other two tribes that um, two would go back in or if they beat one of the tribes one was going to come back in I don't mind that I think if they showed that they were going to like a little exile island beach and we actually got to see a little bit of them and then depending on where they come one might come back in too but oh please Nep, can I just say this I never want to see and I mean ever want to see what they did this season with um, with Zach and Shawnee that was who came up with that? I just please just trust me. Never do that again. Des, dare I ask you? Uh, what are you asking me, Ben? I'm asking you. Um, <laughs> what am I asking you? Uh, if what would you like to see done as a non-elimination twist in this game? Um. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure. I've got the answer to directly to your question but what i really hated was how um zach and shawnee got allocated back to their tribes after their non-elimination twist um they split two tribes and then they just gave shawnee the green one and gave zach the yeah I noticed that as well. I would, I would, I thought that was so contrived and so influenced the rest of the game. They should have yeah. made them reach into a bloody bucket cool. to, yeah. to decide given them the who choice went well. back yeah. to which tribe. Yeah, Be- because them them preconceiving that. Zach would go back to the tribe with all the fucking strong people and make that tribe the the like yeah. the new uh Christ, I can't even think of the name, Makuti, the uh, the green ones. Makuti. That just gave them so much of an advantage going forward was it just fucked so many people's games. Um I would have liked to have seen on the TV that they went, okay, you buggers, reach into the cap and whoever you reach out goes to that tribe rather than it being some kind of conceived fucking thing that just ass raped. You know, poor Abby. Like, Abby, to me, Abby played a perfect first phase of the game if you've got the strength play with it she played awesome and then just got fucked over by them pulling them fucking names out of like i'm sorry to be so vitriolic about this but that to me was shit um (laughs) so i'm i'm hoping that answers your question there uh, well, we'll take it. That, that, that's a good answer. And you're on the Oz Network, Des. Um, I host this show, and there's always some form of rant with lots of swearing at some point in any episode that I'm on. So, yeah, you're fitting in oh, very, very oh, well. I'm sorry, man. I, I probably shouldn't have been so vitriolic. but I, I, I wouldn't that expect was anything so less unfair. from a Season 3 contestant of Australian Survivor, Des. It's all good. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you, you and I have done a five-hour podcast, mate, where you were where you continually uh, accuse me of being a drunkard. So, like, 
anything you say is cool with me, man. I'm, I'm glad that my accusations make you like me. That's my goal in life, apparently. Um, let's go to uh, Lexi asks a question. Joan, are you still creating escape rooms? And have you or will you ever do a Survivor-themed escape room? Yes, I have. Let me answer the first question. Yes, I am still making escape rooms. I'm going to plug it right here. Labyrinth Escape Rooms in Parramatta. Um, I've been building that since uh, we opened in 2015. We are yeah doing well. We have, we've got three new rooms in the pipelines ready to go. And no, I am not going to build a survivor one because it's copyright and I'm scared of Amelia. She will come after me like a a crazy person. So uh, no, I won't be building a survivor one, but I have drawn inspiration from Survivor, from Amazing Race to build certain puzzles and challenges just because I love love the game and um, yeah, have have been watching it since, you know, I was I was a little girl. So yep. Still building escape rooms, not building a survivor one. You could make it an Expedition Robinson one to go back to the uh, show that this was all based on from Sweden and therefore you can avoid sort of copyright infringement. I had no idea about the history of this show. Maybe I might make an Upper Cupper Cumberlong West room. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's going to be in the pipeline soon, Dave. That that, that would get me to Parramatta in a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) There's your tourism slogan. I just want to say, I just want to say, Upper Cupper Cumberlong West is a legitimate town in New South Wales that has just been affected by fires, you should use that name without any fear of any legal backlash, except from me claiming uh, (laughs) proprietary information. No, I wouldn't do that. You you go for it. It's a great name, but Upper Carpacum Belong West. Rolls off the tongue. Upper Carpacum Belong West. You got it. Well, I want done, a T-shirt. Mr. I want a T-shirt with that town on it. Done. Merchandise. Yeah. We'll get the T-shirts. Don't worry about that. I want Upper <laughs> Cumber Cumberlong West PD T-shirts made. Yep. Uh, Jane is selling them. Jane is selling them. Go to her escape room. Escape room and, and you, you can, can get, get your get own. The Upper Cumber Cumberlong West escape <laughs> T-shirt from yep. her. Only $15, signed by Matt, myself, and Anastasia. Oh, wow. An extra, what, $2? (laughs) Don't say yourself short there, Des. Make it an extra five, at least. Okay, $5, Ben. (laughs) Up a cup of Cumberland West. And all the funds go to the bushfire relief. How does that sound? Done. Yeah. We'll be able to sell them for $10 if we can get Lucinda and Kim Johnson to sign them as well. Oh, my goodness. Lucinda who? The first boot from the first season of Australian Survivor, Des. Oh, mate, my hearing aid's cutting out. What did you say? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, Thanks for that question. Chris Dixon, long-term listener, long-term friend of the show, says if all three of you and Anastasia were on a tribe on All Stars, would you all work together or be completely against each other? Look, I I am a great driver and I, when I'm in my car, 
I always follow the road rules, but every time there's a cop behind me, I just get so nervous. So I don't know <laughs> if I'd work with Matt. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like being pulled over for being breathless. I don't drink that often, but I just feel like I get nervous. I'm like, oh my god, is there alcohol in my system? Is, is did my toothbrush give leave me some? Anyway, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd work with Matt. I'd like to I work think- with Des just to take the piss out of him every day. Um, and. <laughs> I think it'd be a lot of fun and I, I, I adore Anastasia. I think she's lovely and she's a dancer and I've always aspired to be a dancer. So I don't know, maybe we'll see. Oh no, we won't see, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it all comes down to the fact is you, until you're on the island, it, it's all about who you connect with and, and look, obviously tonight, I think we've all connected. It's the first time Joan, it's the first time I've, I've got to actually have a chat to you and Des, I've, I've, I've known Des for a long time, but but at the end of the day, it's when you're on the island, you just don't know. You can't go into it thinking you're going to work with someone uh, until you're out in the island and you can work out what's going on and what the dynamics in the group is. So, of course, we'd love to all think that uh, we're going to work together. I would like to say that I definitely wouldn't want to see any first boot be a, a, a first boot again. Um, just for the fact is I'd like to see him play longer. Like you, you want to see how good you can really be at this game. Um, let someone else take the first boot. But, um, but yeah, you just don't know until you get out on the island. Uh, Des, do, do you, would you work with these lovable two people? Okay. Well, I like, this is giving away my, uh, my, uh, tactics, but, uh, you know, to be honest, uh, Matt would be my Francesca. He <laughs> <laughs> would be my first double boot. Um, wow! Yeah, he's I, ruthless. I, he's ruthless. I would, I, I would, do, I would just say, Dryson, uh, Dryson. Um, <laughs> yes, no, I would get him out first because. He's way too smart. Um, and Joan, uh, she looks like she has some sympathy. So um, I think I think her and I could connect. We would get out Lucky Dancer. Uh, get out Lucky Dancer <laughs> second. Uh, Matt first. And then we would create Fight it out a... With one, uh, two. Uh, I, I think, Jane, you and I would create an animosity that we could con the rest of them that we hated each other and then go right <laughs> to the end. And, and fuck it, you would probably beat me in vote, but I wouldn't care. I think we need to be careful here, guys, because this might, this might come up in a future season that, um, you know, similar to what we just saw on Winners at War with the Poker Alliance, this could be the Oz Network Alliance brought up on, like, season 20 or something like that. Uh, ben, uh, I've just... uh, hey, look, uh, uh, I'm I'm cool, Joan. When you win, just give me ten percent. All right. Mm. <laughs> uh, ben, I've got yeah, nothing to worry we'll about. Take Joan... other bastards out. Jo- Joan just said that uh, she wasn't going to. She didn't want to work with that, Matt Blake. Matt <laughs> is trying <laughs> to make. Matt is trying to make alliances that don't mean shit. Mate. He's a <laughs> copper. He's a copper. Don't believe a word he says. Joan said she doesn't want to work with me. He's got the speed camera on you. And and Des said that I'm his next um, first boot again, that I'm going to be his 
Francesqua. You're, you're the Kim Spradlin here, Matt. You're the Kim Spradlin, innocent. So I'm thinking either I need to buddy up with Anastasia or I need to buddy up with the other four, well, what, you know, the other eight contestants that would be uh, not first boot. So, well, maybe Shane Gould. She's a first boot now. Maybe me and Shane Gould. She might don't be about you, seven. Don't you go after my girlfriend, Shane, mate. You'll she be might dead. be seven. She might be 75 at the time, but, hey, I like a mature woman. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you, ain't old wow. enough to, you ain't old enough to be playing in the geriatrics game. I, I would just, I would be honoured if this came up in an alliance because at least then the Oz Network would get a mention on Survivor and we might actually get a listener. So, by all means, use it. Use it for your advantage in the future, guys. You, you Go for it. Des, uh, got a question here from Wesley. Were you contacted for All Stars? I think you answered that before, but did you did you get a phone call? Did you get any contact about it? What did did you get con- <laughs> did you get contacted at all for All Stars? Uh, uh, do you want me to be honest? Of course, I want you to be honest. Um, yeah, they <laughs> they did ring. Yeah, and what did you say? Did you say no? Is that why you're not out there? Uh, no, that wasn't the conversation. What was the conversation? Um, well, I can't say because I don't want, uh, Dyson to be angry at me. <laughs> Dyson I, won't be angry at you. Dyson loves you. Yes, he, he's a policeman, mate. He has a lot of pull. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, tell, 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 tell Des right now that you want to I hear what they say. I want to hear that conversation with with um. So with does Wesley. He asked the question. Hey, hey, hang on. Who, who's that other person talking? Des, it's me. I've been here I've the got whole Matt time. Matt sucking on a lemony. <laughs> you look, looking at the microphone. I'll give you credit, Des. You are the most. You are one of the most memorable players from your season. Other person talking to me. That's Matt. He's also been here the whole time. He was from Australian Survivor season five. (laughs) Oh, I've got. Hang on. My name's Ben. I host the Oz Network. Oh, and, and, hang and on this... a minute, I've got, I got half a screen of Matt. Like, Des, Des, don't focus on the stops. visual. Focus on the audio. Focus on the sound coming out of my vocal cords right now. I want to know. I really want to know what happened on this phone call. You, you, you're keeping us in suspenders right now. Oh, man. Uh, you don't want to um, Are you there? I, I am absolutely here. Everyone is here on the edge of their seats right now, wanting to know how close we were to having your beautiful face in our screens again. Mate, you were nowhere near it. So what was the phone call there? Were they just trolling you? Was it just like, hi, this is Channel 10 Marketing. Would you like to take a quick survey for us? Oh, by the way, you're on Survivor. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, no, I I think it sort of went, um, the phone rang and I rang, I don't know what I said before, but, uh, are you there? 
I, yeah, I, uh, we, we got to the phone with the phone we, rang, so I'm guessing you answered it. We need to get me faster on the story, Des, before. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, this out. is Des. Hello, this is Channel 10. Where, where did it go from there? Oh, I've just, I've just got this like bright air gear, like with. <laughs> I, I um, really, like, is, is that your phone? You answered it. It's bright because Channel Ten's called you. Yes, uh, I've got a bright egghead on my screen. It looks like it's hard boiled. Um, <laughs> oh, it's Matt Dyson. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, yes. What? Come on, Des. Okay, Channel 10 we... called you, and you answered <laughs> yeah. the phone, um, um, and, um, and they um, asked you. Um, is that uh, is that Jane? Yep, yep, it's me. I've been here the whole night. <laughs> oh, you look different. Like, I, uh, I look you... the same. <laughs> I can no, confirm Jane like looks the same. Little, these little white earmuffs on each side of your head. Um, but anyway, yes. anyway, so Channel Ten called you. Yes, Channel Ten called Channel you. Channel Ten called me. Yeah. Yes, Channel Ten did, did call me. And what did and, you say? Uh, I missed the call. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> duck. So they left a voice wow. message. Uh, well, uh, somebody called me and said, "Oh, this is Amelia." Um. Can you call me back? But I changed my mobile number. Are you there, still there? Yeah, we're we, we are. We're, we're waiting. We, yes, oh, we're you are. Absolutely. Yes. We're listening. Okay. Yes. So uh, somebody called me. They said, oh, hi, it's Amelia. Can you give me a call back? And I changed my mobile phone number. And after I got that call, I rang up this girl that I used to date in Canberra about 22 years ago. <laughs> and I said to her, what? Okay, yeah. You said, what did you say to her? I said, uh, how are you going? She said, oh, I've broken up with my husband. And uh, I said, listen, I've been married 42 years. I'm not really like interested in another relationship and she said okay then so i didn't talk to her again so it wasn't amelia from channel 10 <laughs> i've got no idea so so we we just waited so, 10 minutes to answer the question about channel 10 it was amelia from up up and couple and land <laughs> no no Amelia, Amelia come from uh, uh, Western Creek in Warramanga. Uh, oh, of course. Oh, that Amelia. Oh, Noah. Yeah. No, I never, I never, da- I never dated an Amelia from Upper Cup of Cumberland West, mate. Okay, so I knew Amelia this from Amelia from the, when the I was a young fella. The producer did not call you. Well, I don't know. <laughs> But can I just say, if this isn't worth worth being the first boot to be in this club, I'm I'm not here. This is the best club and the only club I ever want to be involved in. This, I, have, I have I have done thousands of episodes of radio and podcasts in my life, and I I don't know if I've ever sat through one like this before. 
<laughs> because I don't know what is going on right now. I have sat here for 10 minutes trying to listen to this story of how Amelia's called him. And it's Amelia from, from 22 years ago. No. <laughs> Uh, a relationship. It's 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 Amelia from um, out in the horse paddocks in Warramanga in Canberra, where I used to go out and drink my apple wine and sit down the creek, listen to Indigata Davida, and like she used to go to a Catholic school. We used to like them Catholic school girls. We'd but sit Des, down at the bottom of the creek. Des, they would the come question... and ride their horses and talk to us. Des, um, the question was, were you asked to be back on the season on All Stars? Did you get a no, phone no. call? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. There we, no, there okay. we go. No, Ten question. minutes later. Uh... <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm sorry. Be more specific with your questions. <laughs> God, ben, Wesley. Can I, say, can I just say, if this isn't making the the top top ten for uh, <laughs> the Oz Network in 2020. I'm not here. This is oh, this gosh. is well, best of solidified. The problem with that is you'll only get 500 hits, and Ben will have done 489 <laughs> of them. Mate, there's a lot of editing involved in this episode. All right, it's currently one o'clock in the morning here. All right, I'm already having a late night. Um, thanks, Wesley, hey, for hey, hey, for hey, your hey, simple hey, question. Ben, <laughs> I just want to say one thing, mate. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you are looking so fit, mate. That must be good for your health. It, I, 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 I think so. This interview, not so much, but um, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you win some, you lose some. Uh, let's. Well, I don't even know what no, next question. Maybe you'll lose a few more, but you should get that Jane Caballero on because he's funny as fuck. Eh? I know, right? I'll, I'll send her a message after this one. We might be finished in yeah. time for the next season. I'm not sure. Not, uh, not, not, so, not so much that Matt guy, right? He's fairly right, yeah. fucking awesome. Nobody yeah, no. likes cops anyway. Mm. Yeah, nah. no. You should you should hear what I have to deal no, with over on uh, on our other show. Yes, good job, Matty. <laughs> Um, look, you, I don't even look. You thanks. Have a good night. Hey. You go. You're leaving us, Des. Don't leave us. Um, I'm just about to wrap oh, it up. No, You've got to say goodbye. Oh, ring me up any time. All right. <laughs> go, go say hello to some other ex-girlfriends for us. They might be Channel Ten. <laughs> oh, beg your pardon, mate. I've been married forty-three years. Right, of course. And been, Sorry, and haven't, and haven't been caught caught yet. My <laughs> God! What's another question, Ben? <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I want to. Uh, I'm I'm losing yeah, the wheel on. right now. Um, I've got one here. Felix actually just on a point that Des made before about um, Shawnee and Zach being put onto specific tribes. Uh, Felix says here that JLP apparently went on Twitter and said that he didn't want to play Shawnee and Zach on a specific tribe, but he lost the battle to producers, and it wasn't his call to make. So, interesting, the JLP's that honest and comes out and says it. So, there you go. That's apparently what well, happened there. I think... I hey, think we've seen... hey, hey, Ben. Hey, Dez, 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 can I just say, take a breath, Matt. Let Matt answer this one. Go for it, Matt. I, I think with no, JLP, no, I think... I, <laughs> I, I want to ask Ben. I, I Sorry, will ask Matt, me a question I'm in a second. Let Matt, let Matt can answer. Um, ben... Yes, Did Dad. you think 
did you think that them pre-organising which tribe uh, Shawnee and Zach returned to was bad or good? I I think I I, I definitely agree with what you said before, but I, I'd love to hear what Matt was saying. Actually, he does. I I think that will give uh, Matt a chance to speak. I was just going to say with JLP that we've seen it in the past. We've seen it with um, the Daisy and Simon Black incident when they were on Exile Island and there was that discretion about his the count and 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 what actually happened. We, we found out later that um, the, the challenge changed midway through. He was very vocal about that on social media. Um, he's, he... he he mentioned about Shawnee being on the season before Channel 10 had actually um, promoted Shawnee. So I think JLP actually kind of goes against Channel 10 sometimes, and maybe that's a good thing. I, I, I think Channel 10 kind of play off it as well, that although sometimes they're probably not happy that he's announcing things when he should have, it could also be a marketing ploy. Um, but... At the end of the day, he is only a host. Um, he isn't the the EP, the executive producer. Um, Amelia is, and she'll call the shots. And that's fair enough. You, you can only have one chief. Um, he's paid handsomely to be the host, and he's got to do what he's told. So at the end of the day, I agree with JLP. They, they should have picked out of the bag of rocks and one white rock, one black rock, and that decides who goes to the which tribe. But... It doesn't always work like that. They obviously had already determined what what uh, tribe they wanted Zach on, what type of tribe they wanted Shoddy on, and, and uh, JLP didn't get a say. I agree with everything you said, and I think it's um, that that is a good thing. I think about JLP is that he does have that. Um, he's not afraid to, I guess, speak out against things and sort of come onto Twitter and be honest about that. And you know, I think you hit the nail on the head too there, Matt, with the fact that he's not an EP. He's just the host. Um, Probes used to be just the host, and now look at it, the sort of the sway he has on the US version being an EP, and a lot of people sort of say there's a lot of negatives around him having that much control. But, yeah, I, I definitely respect JLP for, for having that ability to come out and not be afraid to essentially talk out against the show when these things happen. So, yeah, I can't disagree with anything you say there, Matt. Um... We, I think, will um, wrap it up there. <laughs> I'm just looking at some of these questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It is, it is ten past one in the morning for me, and the, the, these questions are fantastic. I'm just afraid to have Des answer them. We will be here till like five in the morning. Uh, <laughs> no, no, gran- no, Granny Survivor. Oh, Granny Survivor's there, mate. But seriously, the, the, the quiz takes long enough without Des being yeah, here. Des, true. I love you, That's mate. True. But um, That's true. <laughs> Upper Cumber Cumberlong is just is is tired and they want to go to bed. I think at this time. <laughs> what, what a podcast, Ben! I, I'm going to say I've done a lot of podcasts with you now, but this is by far the most memorable one. And Whew. what a oh, this is awesome! <laughs> it started off night. fine, and then <laughs> Des, I, I I do I have to say this that no matter what is being said right now, this you you are a, a true legend of Australian Survivor. You you are a character like no other character that has ever played the game, and you every time I have you on any of my shows, you are always solid gold, and you have delivered again tonight. So it made me very happy when Matt came up with this idea to kind of have a bit of a first boot get together because I knew that would mean that I'd get to talk to you again. So 
Des, I love you. You're great. You're fantastic. And seriously, I'm so glad that you've been able to join us here and represent season three of Australian Survivor. <laughs> you don't even want to say anything to me right now. He's finally hung up on me when I, he's, he's going through with his threat, basically, there. Um, I think you've I think muted mic- yourself, I Des. I can, see, I can see the mute symbol. Of all the things that happen right now, Des, you got... And he's left us. There we go. Okay. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> This is Joan, it's a pleasure to have had you on this show again. We had you on for 10 minutes a couple of years ago. We've had you on for 10 hours tonight. So, look, it's kind of balanced itself out quite well. But uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, we'll have to get you back on again uh, at some point in the future for maybe a slightly more uh, normal chat, perhaps. Civilised? Civilized, I think is where you're looking. Thanks, Matt, for the invite. And um, yeah, you'll hear from me again when we do a Blood vs. Water, fan favourites, fans vs. second chance, and um, or uh, first out season. <laughs> before, you, before you go, and go Joan, I just want to say, yeah. like, I've met Des, I talk to Des a lot. So I love Des. I mean, I've got a great relationship with Des. But Joan, I've been I've been really wanting to meet you. I obviously we're only meeting over um, Skype at the moment, but uh, hopefully we'll actually get to meet in person. But uh, I love your I love the fact that you still love the game. I, obviously, as all fellow first boots, some first boots um, don't sort of they lose that passion for the for Survivor. But I love that. Uh, I think you're very similar with me and and with Des. We still love this game despite not doing well in it and i can tell that you you are very knowledgeable not doing well matt no. we've <laughs> out so many other applicants uh, to get oh. on the show yeah hey, no, i know joan <laughs> i always say i'm i'm i finish 24th out of 25,000 people Absolutely. that's how i tell myself and it is Absolutely. true but but in all seriousness, like yeah. you know, we obviously we went on the show wanting to do better than what we do, and we I, I have no doubt that none of us thought we were going to be first boots. But unfortunately, always someone has to be, and that just happened to be us. But it, I'm glad you came on tonight because I I've really enjoyed uh, I've I've enjoyed your company, and I can tell that I love oh, the fact thanks. that you still love the game. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I would just like to add quickly that, uh, yes, Matt, you were, well, both of you were 24th out of uh, 25,000. I actually then am the true first boot because I was number 25,000 out of 25,000. So <laughs> I will wear that with the badge of honour. Matt, always a pleasure with you, mate. I, I talk to you like 500 times a week anyway, but uh, seriously, it's always great to have you here on the Oz Network and uh, hear your insight into uh, any form of survivor, be it Australia, America, New Zealand. We haven't talked about South Africa, and who cares? We'll, we'll talk about all of them, but we always appreciate your time here on the show. Thanks, Ben, mate. It's always a pleasure, and thanks for hooking all this up and uh, making it happen. By far the most fantastic, <laughs> most interesting podcast I've ever done and will ever do in the future. Ooh-wee. Okay, there we go. Uh- <laughs> yeah, as I said at the beginning, we recorded this a couple of days ago and um, I still haven't maybe recovered from that. So, yeah, if you made it all the way through, I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you've learnt something and I hope you've been entertained because, yeah, that was definitely an odd episode and one that I think will be remembered for quite some time. But in all seriousness, thanks to, to Joan, to Des and to Matt, particularly Des. I hope he's okay. 
because uh, he legitimately disconnected that call at the end and haven't heard from him since. So I shouldn't laugh, but just pointing it out there that that's exactly what happened. But we've got more to come for Australian Survivor. Probably won't be next week. Might be another couple of weeks. We're sort of maybe only going to do a couple of episodes to kind of cover the entire season. But uh, we've got some good guests lined up that we're hoping to get on the show that will uh, make it as entertaining for you, hopefully, as this episode. So stay tuned for that. Of course, Survivor winners at war. We are covering that week to week. Chris Underwood is our guest this week on the show. So uh, make sure you tune into that first time guest ever on the program. It's always great to have a first time player come on the show. And, of course, even in Survivor Oz or Oz Network days, we've never had Chris on the show. And, of course, a winner to have on the show as well. So tune into that. It's a great chat, and I'm sure you will enjoy that one, of course. And outside of Survivor coverage, we have our Australia v Canada month. We dropped the Boytown episode this week. Great movie, great episode. Tune into it. Total Drama Island is happening as well, so tune into that. And plenty of other things happening on our sister shows, Australian Survivor Archives. If you're into the history of Australian Survivor, Matt and I talk a lot about that. We're into Season 1, Whaler's Way. That is available where all good podcasts are downloadable and if you like my voice The Brink um, Euros Vision Ben and Mal Variety Hour just random shows that I'm involved in Double Oz 7 get into it you know we've got the new one coming out so lots of James Bond stuff to talk about and if you don't like my voice then you won't download them anyway so it's all good but thanks for tuning in to this episode I'm glad you made it you're at the end now you can you can gladly tune out and go listen to Rob Has a Podcast or you know Brink of Reality one of those other better shows that doesn't drag you for this long so thank you for listening we'll speak to you next time on the Oz Network good night thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook Twitter and Instagram as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net thanks once again for listening and we'll speak to you next time